and we're live. Sean, just before we started recording there, you were starting to tell me this story about your kids and this mutual friend of ours that doesn't have kids, and I went, no, 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 man, this is too good, we'll fucking, we'll save this for the podcast, so, welcome, by the way, hello. (laughs) Nice to meet you, nice to see you again, so, um, so, uh, yeah, the story goes um, fairly straightforward, and having my first child many moons ago, 13 years ago, um, he's 12 now, so he is, so. He he was in her belly for a good bit. Obviously, everybody knows the nine months. But I used to hate children, <laughs> not in a bad way. Like as in, I just wouldn't be around them as much because it was always go go do do do. And then eventually, when I had my first one, it took forty eight hours from to come out. And I ring one of our one of our uh, old mates or one of our mates, and I said, "Like Turkey, Turkey, I'm out having a baby," and it's just like. The feeling is just unreal, like, you know, as in, I, I, I can't even explain. He was like, oh, that's great, Sean, that's great. <laughs> just like, no, no, Turkey, you don't get this. Like, you know, this is like, this is like up there with the feelings, like, you know, as in, it's up there on the next level, like, you know, as in, you know, when you when you make it and, and something's just right, like, you know. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's great, Sean, great, Sean. He's <laughs> like, oh, man, oh, man. Absolutely nothing, nothing could be further from his mind than what it was. As in the feeling that I was having after 48 hours of being up straight and seeing my son for the first time. Like, you know, you just, you just can't, you can't describe the feeling. Like, you know, as in when you're, when you're at a high level, as in when you've finished something or when you've completed something that's, that's really, really, really hard and or, or really, really tough to get to that point and, and the finish is inside it, multiply that by a hundred and then you might feel, what it is to have a child like you know it's in the the responsibility kind of kind of overwhelms you straight away like you know it's, it's, it's funny you say this responsibility overwhelms you because I, I i i get that and don't get it in equal measure what do you mean the responsibility of it i only had to look after me in my world yes then the minute he arrived it was like i have to look after him her and me yes so it wasn't there wasn't just selfish old me or selfish me I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do that. It was, oh, wait, I have to do that, then I have to mind him, then I have to feed him a bottle, then she's going to take him, and then I can go off to work. So it was, it was, it created a huge amount of steps in my world, as in huge amount of patience as well, that I'm still working on to this day, like, you know, as in to have the utmost patience with little ones is... It's tough, but it's so enlightening when you get to do it, as in when you get to see them being real, innocent humans and living and loving and enjoying the moment and the now. It's like, it's the next level. There's no, you can't, once you're in it, you don't want to be outside it. There's no, there's nowhere else to be, like, you know, as in once you've created something and you get to spend time with them, it's definitely the most, it's the most fulfilling feeling I've felt ever. Um, and that's just putting it mildly, like you know, I've uh, I've had a lot of highs and lows in life, and I think the highest is is having kids. So so like it comes with an awful lot of responsibility. But my my idea of responsibility is having, making sure they're warm, making sure they have food in their bellies, making sure that they know their gut feeling is generally the right feeling. The hardest road is generally the right road. And life is generally fucking short. Like, you know, we don't realise until we're, we're over the line with it how short it is. 
Oh, very, very much so. And it's it, that's the it's the old saying of people like people on their deathbeds or people in nursing homes. It's you know they wish they did more when they were younger. Is the regret regret of things that they didn't do is always the the worst of it. Like you know, yeah. they didn't have kids or they didn't kiss that girl or they didn't fucking start that business or whatever it is. It's rarely what they what they did that they regret. Mm. The regret is what they didn't do. They didn't make the most of it, basically. Yeah, like it's very short. I think um, again. So I would have had a stroke four or five years ago. Um, only young, like I was 32 at the time. I'm 36, going on 37 now. Like, um, and then not being able to to physically do what you could do before you have it is like it's just so. Um, what's the word for it? just so um, humiliating? I don't even know the word. Like, um, so not being able to achieve, let's say, getting up on a three foot ladder. So I wasn't able to get up on a three-foot ladder for six or eight months after I had a stroke. And just to fill people in, you're a sparks by trade, so up and down ladders is your bread and butter, basically. Yeah, basically, the faster you run the cables, the faster you make money, the faster you're out to the next one. Um, But again, it's uh, once you can't get up and down a ladder or you can't use your left hand, it's very... um, not. I'm not going to say demoralising, it's very inspiring, or it's very... Demoralizing, no? no? Is that not the part it, of it? It is demoralizing, but it's it's nearly like you have to retrain just to survive. So you're so you're walking, for example, like like, like retraining yourself how to walk is it's it might be easy for for the likes of Graham Mackin or or any of the boys that are that are in it all the time, as in doing physio all the time. But for little old me, that was a sparky all my life. I I couldn't walk straight. Or without limp for six months. I didn't know that. No, I had a limp with my left leg, and basically my left hand was like it'd go into spasms. So I remember I was I was trying to cover a, a big a big uh, debt at the time after I had the stroke because it was after investing hugely in 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 PV to try and get into it. So PV is is photovoltaic cells uh, or photovoltaic systems for um, but uh, so solar power basically solar power yeah um, but again. Over the past couple of years, I've learned an awful lot about solar, um, as in that we are in the right temperature for it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's our ambient temperature is actually great for it. But the problem being that the cost of getting the the, t- the material to make the panels out of the ground far outweighs the gain of actually making the panel. Okay. So it's nearly counterproductive. Um, so we say they've been switching from from. Um, coal to to biofuel is what they're calling it, but it's only wood. So they're switching from from biofuel, or sorry, from coal to to wood or to wood synthetic, not synthetic wood, but wood that they're great, they're they're growing within thirty years. But then they're using that to 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 run loads of a uh, giant big fucking power stations in America, for example. Right. Um. I see that it's coming to a head because there's only so much fuel on our planet um, and our consumption is far outweighing our gain, as in we aren't looking to the type of systems that we need to, as in hydro and wind. We haven't been pushing them near as much. The solar always was going to fall on its face because the the way the SEI were incentivising it 
was actually counterproductive. As in, every time if you were if you had an ICI, um, we'd say grant um, to put in, we'd say a three kilowatt system, they were giving you seven hundred euro per kilowatt. So they were giving you two thousand one hundred euro for putting in the three kilowatt system. But they were also making making sure that you did a BER cert before, a BER cert after, and then uh, a sun survey. So that means you put a um a basic basically a sun dial of some description up that actually tells you the contrast of sun in relation to your roof for two to three months beforehand. So obviously all them things cost money. Um, if you're getting two thousand one hundred euro for extra for to do them things, that seems fine. But not as well as paying for the entire system to be installed. Instead of it being a six grand system, it ends up being uh, an eight and a half grand system. And fair enough, you're getting two thousand one hundred euro back, but then your payoff is twice as long because you have to pay an extra two grand because the stipulations of the SEI stated that they have to be this. Okay. So it was, um, it was, it was demoralising as fuck. <laughs> Realising <laughs> all them things, because <laughs> after spending an awful long time trying to get to a point where, yeah, I'll be the solar installer for you, no problem at all. Um, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do the other. But the realisation was that if they got uh, an SAI grant that I had to fit into the SAI system, that was going to cost me another two grand extra per job. Was like, yeah that's not going to happen because I'm not going to spend three months fucking around a job rather than the two days it takes to do the job. Yes. Um, whereas they wanted somebody like me to fuck around for two months before the job and then try and cover the costs of fucking around for two months between be your cert before, be your cert after, um, solar survey. Um, like there's there's huge amounts of surveys involved in, in nearly everything. Like um, I was listening to listening to you and your your friend Archie there last week or a couple of days ago and it was funny that like he was working off his inspection and then there was another inspection after his but in my world I can't pay for two to three guys to inspect one product I only want the product to be installed and the person installing the product to tell me how long it's going to last without it breaking. Okay. So I, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I'm not comfortable with paying Tom to certify it, Harry to to install it, and then Tom to come back after, recertify it, and then six months later to get a two two thousand one hundred euro grant for an eight and a half grand system that should only cost six grand. I know what you mean. So it's it's like you're paying out more to keep the SEI in a job that they don't deserve. So, like, the situation was, like, this is way back 2019, doing a bit of work up on Ballycoolin, nice and easy, few lights, um, few lights, sockets, data, usual bullshit, um, 200 data points, one of the lads cuts 200 tails off the 200 data points and then relabs them whatever he wants. Then I'm at the end of the job and... Me and a young fella, he's only 24, 25, were doing these 200 tails and I was remarking them right um, as per as per tails in 199 and 199 on the other end. And uh, the foreman walks in and goes, uh, do you fancy doing a bit of work in Mullingar? And I go, 
yeah, yeah. What's this tire time and what's the finish time? I know, I can't do that. And I go, what, you can't give me a start time and a finish time? And he goes, yeah, yeah, and this is this is like a three-week job. Like, as in, it's going to be done, dusted, apple green, three-week turnover, and that's it. And he goes, uh, the fellow that's, that, that's going to work out with this building will own it. As in, it'll be his baby. And I go, Jesus, that doesn't sound too bad. And at the same time, I got a phone call off the SAI. And the SAI says, "Oh yeah, we're gonna we're gonna incentivize grants now, Sean. We're gonna we're gonna push this on for you, and we're gonna make you we're gonna make it easier for to make money." And it's nine hundred quid for four days a week, which is fucking lovely money. I was I was happy, like um, no pressure, no stress. And I thought to myself, "Ah, oh, yeah, this is my chance. Like, I'll go back to to doing solar." And uh, 2019 when went went ahead and said no I can't do that work in Mullingar I, I could do it if you give me a start time and a finish time but I know you can't so we just leave that and anyway um, went off and, and started into solar again and the realisation that people don't have three and four and five grand to spend on solar to save themselves 120 quid every two months yeah was was fairly detrimental like you know within six to eight months I realised that Anybody that had five or six grand in the bank was not going to let me have that five or six grand for putting in two or three kilowatts of solar panels in the roof. Yeah, for a saving of, you know, 120 quid or whatever Every it was. two months. And, like, in my position, saving 120 quid every two months was like, yes, I'm fucking doing that every day of the week. And I did yeah, it in 2016. Not, for, not but for a five grand outlay, though. Yeah. So it was a five grand outlay for me. So it was that was a tough pill to swallow in 2016. But again, the tougher pill would have been to swallow was by the time it was 2018, I'd lost 20 to 30 grand and basically nobody wanted the systems that I wanted to install for them. That's what I wanted to do. But again, nobody could get their heads around it because I was explaining that you didn't need an SEI grant to cut out the extra two grand or to, to cut out the extra two grand coming in but the extra two grand was only coming in to pay for be your cert before, be your cert after, and basically a, a sun survey. But be your is, in my opinion, would be a waste of time because but it's just a calculation. To, to the be your is like the the energy efficiency of a house. That's yeah. my understanding of it. Yeah, it is. Um, but it's all done in calculations of receipts. So if you have a receipt for. 110 mil insulation and you have a, as in you've put in all your walls or all your floors the whole house and you lose that receipt therefore the BER cert can't reflect that you've got 110 mil insulation in your floor underneath your pipe work for your underfloor heating because you don't have the proof okay. of that insulation is there as in you can take pictures but they can say well, you're taking pictures of a job somewhere else. And of course, yeah. It, yeah. It, it opens up this big can of worms as such, like, you know, as in it, it, it literally, it can only be paid for if you're, you've got a mortgage to build X, Y, and Z. And you're only getting a mortgage if you're paying for health insurance and you're following the status quo. And obviously, not everybody can follow the status quo. No, before we get into that, and I, I love the whole status quo Excuse thing me. and the way that the world is kind of organised in many instances against 
regular people but aside from that I want to pay her right back because you went way down a rabbit hole there yeah, man yeah, yeah. you had a fucking stroke and you couldn't walk <laughs> and then we start talking about PER starts of fucking like the, EAI or whatever the fuck yeah, it was yeah 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 <laughs> um, so man I, I didn't know you like I, I knew you had a stroke but I don't know in my innocence I think I thought you fell over one day and then you were in hospital for a couple of days and you weren't right for a while and then you were grand. But I didn't realise that you had a fucking limp and you lost a power in your and hand. My left hand, like, so my left hand, I wouldn't have been able to grasp a pint glass without dropping it, as in my nerve structure in my brain was saying, you don't need to keep your hand closed when you had the pint glass in your hand, as in only a pint glass of water. Yeah. But it's been like 20, 30 times that I've held something with my left hand and then all of a sudden, my left hand just let go. And it's probably the first, the scariest. Is the first thing you notice, do you hear it hit the ground or do you realise you've let go? No, as in, I was actually trying to put a glass on my kitchen sink there three or four days ago. And the bottom of the glass hit off the edge of the counter. And the minute it did that, the shock just made me straight away just drop the glass. Right. And so it's, it's nearly like the parts in my brain aren't strong enough to continue what I'm telling it to do. Okay. Does that make sense? As in, I was trying to do jumping jacks with you about a month ago or whenever it was, whenever the the breakdown or the, the COVID yeah, restrictions Yeah, we were out of lockdown on that, yeah, yeah. Weren't in place, um, and I couldn't do fucking jumping jacks. <laughs> yeah, it, could you? Because I like I, I saw you, and when, me, from a, a quote-unquote uh, coach's perspective, yeah. okay, when people come in, Especially if they've no background, or even if they do have a background, because people have said that they've got a background in something, and then I see them, and it's like, you might have a background in it, but you still can't do it. But anyway, what, what I have to, I'm constantly trying to ascertain what level somebody is at. And I saw you doing jumping jacks, and I thought, okay, well, like, there, there's a blatantly obvious giveaway. This man has absolutely no fucking... Telemetry. Sorry? I had no balance or telemetry, like, as in I couldn't move my left hand and my right hand. Yeah, exactly. Time. You just, you didn't, you didn't have it. Your two left mm. feet was, mm. was my initial impression. Mm. But I never thought that that was because of the fucking stroke. Yeah, that Could was. Could you do so, jumping jacks before the stroke? Like? Yeah, yeah. Like, Fuck, I, I wouldn't have been fit as, fit as a fiddle, like, before the stroke, as in I wouldn't have went for jogs. But we'd say when I was 19, 18 or 19, I would have been able to run 90 minutes of a match play hockey and enjoy it if that makes sense it hurt me yeah, yeah. a little bit strain me strain me um, I can't even think of the fucking groin or strain whatever it is strain me calves um, enjoy it nonetheless but it was a I was well able to be fit or to, to be part of that team the, the senior senior men's team way back then um, I actually went back to it like when I was 24 25 and in the first training session they were doing practice corners and Practice corner, basically, they've got a little tiny goal, eight or nine foot wide, fell in loads of pads, and there's four four lads either side, or two lads either side of the goalie, and they all run out, and the fella basically pucks a ball from the corner of a circle, or half circle, out to the top of a circle, another fella stops it, tips it inside, and then whacks the ball in towards the goal to score a goal. They were doing that, and the fella that passed the ball out to the top of the circle, the fella that stopped it, another fella was about to come in and whack it, by that time, one of the guys came out and the way he had his stick, it basically pointed the fella's stick that was on coming into him into his face. Ooh. So when he jammed the stick in like that, the other fella's stick came back up straight into his face. He lost two teeth. Ah, no visor, obviously. You know, like, he you know, we were practising. It was only practice. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. you're not expecting to to lose all your teeth in a practice ever. No. But again, it's a heavy ball. Like, you know, so heavy sticks as well. So it's you kind of get what you 
get what you give in it. Like, you know, he would have health, had health insurance, but I think they still did a like a, a fundraiser to replace his teeth, which was fucking sad. Like, Fuck, yeah. Um, We're talking it, about hurling, by the way, from hockey, all my non-Irish fucking hockey. listeners. So hockey. Hockey, yeah. So that was way back. John Doody, Shane Doody. Simon Clark would have been involved as well. He was... His, that's Clark Sports then. Oh, well, very good. Son's at Clark Sports then. Gavin Clark would have been another one. Kevin Cosgrove, Niall Walsh, Rory Clark. Um, oh, there was loads of us in it, so there was. But this was all from 14 up to 18, 19, we'd say, um, when you're at that stage of life where you're too busy to to kind of focus on, on the team as such. You're trying to trying to make money and you're trying to do a few nixers try and make more money and you're trying to have, have the crack as such and drink a pile of cans every now and again like you know <laughs> live life living the dream so no uh, stroke was an eye opener um, obviously never happened to me before um, I think the reasons it did happen was because I uh, I was burning the candle at three ends we'd say so I was burning at one end trying to get the business going burning at the other end with the three kids and and the wife um, and then my mum had got cancer at the same time so it was just like boom 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 um, and it was just trying to I wasn't even dealing with it I was just I was living through it if that makes sense suffering but, through it but it sounds like well yeah well you can't when people can't when people can't admit to their own feelings nobody else can see how much everybody else is hurting like once once someone has the blinkers on and they're just no this is what has to be done either there's someone helping them and they have to put on blinkers as well to save themselves or they're feeling it they're feeling the whole lot of it I'm just watching watching it fall apart as such and they know they can't open their mouth because it just gets them in more trouble and makes them feel worse um, but again it was fucking it's been a life and again I wasn't a uh, I wasn't struggling with a mortgage ever, so I'm, I'm I'm fairly lucky with that one. But again, it's who who spends 13 years building a house, <laughs> 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 which is, is is what it took to get it to where it is now. But there's not I don't know anybody. <laughs> I don't know me. anybody else. <laughs> my my dad built the house that that I grew up in fucking 60 years ago, whatever it was, maybe 50 odd years ago. Jesus, he's dead 20 years, so it probably is 60 years ago. But he was slagged 60 years ago because it took him four years to build it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's three times plus that, like, you know. And it would have been, what, 30 or 40 years after that fact anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, no different worlds, like, man. Um, completely different world now to what I grew up in in 99. As I was thinking about that in the way out here, it was like, a box of cigarettes were like £4 way back then. What are they now? Oh, stupid money, man. 15 euro, 14 euro. 15 quid for a pack of fags. Yeah. And like, I've been a smoker since then. Since yeah, yeah. 16, 17, I'm still smoking. I'm trying to give them up. Um, this should be the week, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> man, giving up's easy. I've done it loads of times. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, when I started smoking, uh, John Player was my brand. And one pound forty nine bought me ten John Player. Yeah, they were the days, all right. Like, you know, the ten box of cigarettes on the way home. They were the days, like it, it just goes full circle though as well. Fran. Like I don't feel like I'm nearly forty. Does that make sense? Yes. I, I still feel nineteen or twenty in my mind, which is not what I am, but I still feel it. So I'm just I'm I'm trying to 
I'm trying to live a new life now. Um, the past couple of years, and since the stroke was the stroke a bit of a, oh, yeah, a kind of a turning a point, a bit of an awakening. Mm. A, do you know what kind of way? It was. Um, it was a realization that if you push in all the directions that you think you can, the only person you're really hurting is yourself because you're not you're not even worrying about yourself in all of it. All you're trying to do is do this and do that and do the other, and it's not. It's never about you as such, and you'll always end up falling. That's only my personal opinion after living it and living through it. Like it's, uh, my wife couldn't tell me to stop. So when I was trying to, as in, go back to work with a crowd in Dublin, big outfit and one of them fucking uh, data centres, um, she goes, you're hurting yourself now, you know that. And I go, I don't have any other choice though, do I? Um, she goes, oh yeah, when you can't hold, you, you just not pay them. And I go, yeah, not pay one of the biggest fucking suppliers in Ireland for electrical gear that I've spent my entire life buying to put in to make money. That sounds like a clever idea. (laughs) (laughs) And was the problem here because you were a sole trader and you didn't have, if you were a limited company, you could have just Yeah, if it was a limited company, it was covered, but because it was a sole trader starting out... You're personally liable. I was personally liable and basically the eight and a half to twelve grand that I did owe them at that point if I had stung them first I would never be able to ring them off the bat and say can you give me this this and this um, they would just say flat out no and just stop you so um, that's the way wholesalers work as in they'll give you a limit if you don't meet their limit or if you if you don't meet their limit ever as in if you get a limit of five grand and you only ever go up to three grand within six or eight months they'll give you a limit of eight grand and then you you only go up to five grand, you never get to eight grand, then they give you a limit of ten grand. But every yeah, it goes it's up every to two months you're you're making sure you're clear with them. Uh, at least two months you're you're clear and you start afresh every two months. So if you one bad job in the middle of that, you obviously can't clear them every two months then because of the bad jobs after you're after getting shafted for a thousand euro or fifteen hundred euro in between the jobs. Then it starts to get um you start to get uh, into a little hole as such because you're trying to pull an extra 1,500 quid out of a job that what didn't have an extra 1,500 quid in it. Yes. Um, to try and make ends meet. So it has to come some, some, from somewhere. So you either go off and do a few nixers and make the ends meet, as in I, uh, I did a job for a fella in 2016, 2017, well back. Um, it was a three kilowatt system, so it was... 12 pounds up on top of the roof a 3 kilowatt inverter a charge 3 kilowatt inverter slash charge controller and then a 70 amp uh, MPPT charge controller with a 10 kilowatt battery bank so system cost him 11 grand within so he rang me last week what's 2021 January 2021 is when he rang me and he said it didn't miss it didn't miss a beat for four years. So what what the problem was last week was a little tiny little switch on the front of this 1,800 quid inverter slash charge controller was after going faulty. And that was his problem. Um, so it was fixed within an hour or two. Uh, up and going again, everybody was happy. But again, it would have saved him three grand a year. Right. So it was worth, worth it for him not to spend the three grand of diesel every year 
um, and literally have three grand extra in his pocket and pay 11 grand way back in 2017 for the system that he had installed. Height to the boom. <laughs> height to the boom, height to the... Like, that would have been a nice job. I would love that system on my own house. But I couldn't afford it. And I just... Uh, I, I'll always cut my cloth to suit my needs, if that makes sense. If I, if I can't afford something, it ain't happening. And that's just, that's just the way it has to be. Um, I have... Uh, I have my life to live if I don't look after myself the kids don't have much of a chance so um, I'm I'm constantly trying to trying to stop myself going down the wrong path because the minute you, you go down the wrong path and you dig a little hole you can't get up out of it well, you, see, you said something earlier about um, when you had a kid and you were filled with this, this, this feeling and that and it reminded me that the biggest difference for me at least was that when you have a kid you don't just have a bond between you and your kid you have a stronger bond or at least you should one would hope you would have a stronger uh, bond with your missus mm. so you don't beca- you're not yourself anymore no you're with, one like, with you, her you're only you, one with her one with her but your yeah. kids as well so mm. you, you become a unit mm. and as part of that unit if you let yourself go down a dark path or down a dark hole they're, you're bringing them with you oh well they're, you can't not br- it's oh, not that you bring them with it. you it's that you are them yeah, and they so are yesterday, you yesterday for example I had a bad day and shit was it was fucking pitong most of the day right so in, in, in the head in like, my head yeah, yeah. this isn't outside as in my children were having we're, we're, we do homeschooling because of current pandemic in September um, the way the teachers wanted to teach the children meant that they were only doing three to four hours a day out of a six hour day um, uh, I asked the principal directly allow me to raise my children right please I know you raised your children right I know all of them went to Trinity just allow me to do the same and he goes this is the new normal now. and I go right well I won't be part of it then um, because it was a new normal as in all the teachers wearing masks, all the teachers wearing masks or visors, constant, like constant um, bombardment of washing hands, washing hands, washing hands, cleanliness is godliness, cleanliness is godliness. But again, all all they're doing is giving them children um, a mental a mental problem or a, a, something that they never had to deal with before, but now they they have to deal with something that they don't know exists. So they're trying, like, health, cleanliness, godliness and all that, but there's a line with it. You can only be so clean and dirt is healthy for kids and dirt is healthy for everybody. Um, In my opinion, now, this is, um, it's healthier for them to face things and realise what it is that they're facing rather than fearing something that they cannot see. So, if you fear something you cannot see, there's no line. You've you've taken away the line because it doesn't matter how far ahead you get of this thing that you fear, you're still in the back of your mind, you're fearful that it could happen. Do you know? So, you you can never get away from that fact. Yeah, but, but, I mean, we... You wouldn't have a problem with teaching your kid about, you know... Um, I know carbon monoxide poisoning, or I don't the dangers of not wearing your seatbelt. Like you, you can't you can't see those dangers either, but they're fucking there, and you mm. you want to bring your kids up kind of knowing about them. Yeah. Or, or am I missing the point there? The point, uh, my point would be, um, 
children are so um, they're so uh, so in tune with their own bodies, and they're the more in tune than we ever could be, as and they know how to lift right from day one. Yeah, and they know how to lift right. They know how yeah. to squat. They know how to how to jump or how to land. If you push something onto them that they can't see or feel, how are they going to spend their life dealing with problems? If they already fear something they cannot see or feel. But outside of COVID, you have to teach your kids about germs. And they can't see or feel germs. And they just, for the most part, they just kind of get on with it. They just take they it on board. And, and, and like, so my thought process about about this whole COVID thing was it's it's control of the population to suit a narrative. As in, the the whole world knew this was happening in September of 2020. 2019, you mean? Or, or tw- last year? Just last gone. Year. Okay, it's yeah. only a couple of months ago. Well, no, la- the year before. Sorry, sorry. Tw- well, in, in, ma- in, in like Wuhan, there, was, there was whispers of it. I wouldn't say the whole like, world. It was on the news. It was, it was talked about on the news. As something happening in China. China. But that, that's happened before. Mm. So, you know, there was SARS and there's been Ebola and there's been a few other ones that have kind of popped up in different places and everyone in the world kind of knew about it. But, you know, didn't really do anything about it because, you know, what do you do? It's in China or it's in Africa or, or wherever it is. So this this was slightly different, I think. Wasn't it? Or am, or am I missing you? I'm I'm not quite sure about it, as in, I'm not quite sure that it's not the flu in a different form. So corona... Okay. Well, the flu is a, is a virus and the flu is a virus. Is a virus so. The flu has disappeared for the past year and a half. So how can the flu disappear? Yeah, look, I, I'm with you... I, I'm what I'm trying to do here is flesh out what I suppose point you're making. I mean, do you think that the the coronavirus is a, is is faked or no, doesn't no, exist? No, uh, no. Uh, I know people that have had it, um, but I know a chest infection can hurt you just as much. And I know that if cancer isn't treated, it will kill you. Yes, but you can't give somebody cancer by coughing in the face. No, but you can't. How many times have you coughed in someone's face in your life? Well, sorry, when I say cough in somebody's face, I mean, the reason that I have a screen here between Between me and you is is that if you had a flu, say, just a Mm. regular flu, if this wasn't here, I would definitely get it. Because if we're enclosed, because we're talking and we're breathing the same air and we're in an enclosed space. So you definitely give me your flu if we were in this room for fucking three hours talking to each other. Agreed. Now, you won't with this screen in place. Mm. Now, before COVID, you know... I didn't mind getting the odd flu from whoever it was. Now, I never really thought about it like that. You know, yeah, if this, I did, I'd kind of go, oh, Jesus, thing, that's though. minging. If, if, we, if we fear something, it's going to hurt us 20 to 30% more. If we don't fear it, it's actually going to leave our immune system stronger than if we do fear it. So fear in itself, it, it, it actually reduces your immune system. Yeah, yeah, it's a so stressor. It is a stressor. So if we don't fear something as much and we get it, it isn't going to do as great a damage as if, oh Jesus, I hope I don't don't get it. Do you know? Yeah, you, you love because it's 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 that whole thing. It's a mental thing, as in mentally, I wasn't physically to be a sparky, physically ready to be a sparky after the stroke, but I pushed on anyway. Yes, as in whenever I seen a boss coming, I was like, oh fuck, I go and dodge into my toolbox so he can't see me left hand jumping around like a fucking lunatic. But that's just my process of trying to get 
back Through to it. Groundhog Day or back to to starting again previous stroke. Does that make sense? Is yeah, it? yeah. Um, again, I kind of every day I'll get up and I'll try and do something. If I can't do it, I'll try again the next day. But it's it's more so: do I need to do that or do I want to do that? Is the question I'm asking myself. Okay. As in, you can spend, as you said, you can spend an hour doing notes before you actually start the podcast, and you're you're basically you're wasting your own time doing your notes to talk about something that you're really trying to flesh out. But again, if you just get out of bed, decide that's what you're doing, have some breakfast, do it, then write down a list of things that you have to achieve after that. Yeah. As in doing is 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 definitely the new living in my opinion. Living in the now, as in instead of setting up jobs to be done in two months time or three months time or whatever it is, is going to you're going to enjoy life a hell of a lot more than when you're in the rat race, getting up at six, going to work from seven to seven, or going to work from seven to five, driving home, getting home at seven o'clock, seeing your kids for two or three hours, having a bit of grub, going to bed, doing it again. That's I've done that before the stroke for years. You get no fulfilment from it. Finish of jobs doesn't matter because there's always the next job. There's always the next job. There's always the next job. My fulfilment is actually watching now the five children that I that I adore, being them, enjoying their world, enjoying their life, the way that I never could because I could never get my head round what was around me or what I was in. As a kid or as an adult, or both? As both. Like uh, as a kid, I was lost. Spent Expl- explain years. that now. Like, what what do you mean when you say as a kid you were lost? Um, I couldn't see. So if you can't see, you can't do. So if okay, you well, I kind of know what you're referencing there, but just glasses. to flesh that out okay, for people. Glasses. So um, I only could see from 24 years of age. I'm 37 now. Um, I had astigmatism in my eyes all my life. So astigmatism is a it's a rubby shaped pupil. So you can't you can't basically laser surgery or out. You have to put on glasses to be able to see straight. Okay. Uh, be able to see what's in front of you. So when I was in school, in primary school, I couldn't read properly or couldn't do maths properly. And I just, mom, my mum just thought, ah, he's only young, he's still learning, blah, 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 blah. Kind of covering for me. Um, she was fairly intelligent. She was a, uh, her title was Senior One Laboratory Technician in Navin Hospital there for 25 years or 30 years so she, wow. was, she was very clever um, she enjoyed her life though so that was that was what she did she she worked from 9 to 5 for most of her life and then after 5 it was was her life <coughs> so the first first 5 or 6 years of, of living life was me trying to understand what I could and couldn't do even though I couldn't see and I couldn't realise that I couldn't see because I only put on a pair of glasses at 24. So when I was 18 and 19 and I was starting as a first-year apprentice, I'd be coming home at 1 o'clock for my lunch for a half an hour and I'd munch the lunch into me and then I'd fall asleep for 15 or 20 minutes and I'd wake back up and I'd go back to work. But what that was was me relaxing my eyes so I could refocus my eyes again for an hour or two while I'm back at work. Fucking hell. And sorry to cut across you, but at some point in primary school, did a teacher not go, can you not read the board, lad? No, it was... Um, no, it wasn't... There was 33 people in the class. So it was... A, if you went wrong and you're not part of the normal as such, you're just pushed on anyway. 
that's the way it was. Like, like, so, for example, there's a great example. From third year to fifth year, I would have failed English, or sorry, excuse me, I would have failed science, maths, Irish, without a shadow of a doubt. There was no fucking chance, absolutely no chance after doing my junior start that I was going to pass um, maths, science, and Irish. No fucking chance. Okay. So my mum, in her wisdom, um, wrote a letter to my year head in third year and says, my son is going to come home from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock every day and I'm going to teach him while I'm at home. So back then, we say I would have been 16 or 17, she would have had cancer back then as well. So that was that was me just growing up as such. So she had um, she had radiation and chemotherapy when I was 16 or 17 as well. Um but she got through that and went back to work. She had two mammograms as well, um, and just to make sure I couldn't come back on her. Fuck, um, that's that the cancer. breast removal, isn't it? Or? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she only had one mammogram, but then fucking four or five years ago she had the second one. Um, but what I'm getting at is that I was on about... I was on about her bringing me home. So Mrs. Luddy was teaching me science, I think, way back, and... And I can't remember who was teaching me Irish, but the maths teacher was Martina Noel. I remember that much. Um, I was actually doing grinds with Martina Noel at the time as well, on top of my mum doing maths with me, just to try and get me over the line so I could do leaving cert maths. Um, again, I didn't know I needed glasses at this time. So when I couldn't focus on the paper and I was making a six into an eight by accident... Basically, everybody else thought it was just fucking stupid. <laughs> okay, so so in that you get you you build this thing that you kind of are stupid, if that makes sense. Because if you don't know any better and you can't see better, therefore, how can you do better? You you can't. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's impossible. So when I put on the glasses when I was twenty four, now the first five or six years of me working life, it was two or three big jobs. I'm just stuck in. As in, you're putting lights 30 foot in the air. If you can't handle putting lights 30 foot in the air, you're coiling out cable on the ground for the lad 30 foot in the air. Um, it was always the way. So it was like five or six football pitches inside, full of lights, basically. So it would take us a couple of months to do it. Um, but all interesting stuff. So then when I put on the glasses, I could see. Um, then I started doing bigger work. Um, as in, one of the jobs was, was a, a shutdown of a line, and it was like... Uh, we were trying to increase the production from five miles to to eight miles per week. So it was five miles of insulation they were getting, and we want they wanted to be at eight miles per week. So between five or six of us, it was going to take us a hundred hours of working each to to be able to pull apart this line and put it back together within ten days. Um, so we did that, and it took us two weeks to set it up, but it it took us ten days to do it then. And then they were back up and running on the 11th day, which was fucking phenomenal. Um, really uh, sort of inspiring, if that makes sense. So learning to do that, we'll say, and then within four or five years, then moving on to the next crew. So the next crew was when you walked into a job, you were handed the spec sheets. So you are handed the drawings for the job, you are handed cable labels, and you're handed cable runs. So you'd run, you'd, you'd set up the containment, then you'd run all the cables, you'd label all the cables, then you'd terminate all the cables into the different panels. So the first one was was um, down in Abbots and Coohill and Cavan, oh, 
Um, but it doesn't matter. It, it was on, we were only subcontracted in to put in in our water purification system. So it was a nanoparticle filtration um, with charcoal. Okay. Um, and I was only young. I was only 24, 25, 2019. Or 2009, so that was what? 11 years ago, fucking whatever it was. But um, 2010, sorry, 2010, so that was 11 years ago, yeah. Um, one of the engineers comes up to me after, I was there two weeks doing this work, so big fuck off cables, bigger, as in one of the cables was three times the weight of me. That right. was we ran on the on the trunk, and so it was like 70 square. Um, so your standard house is 16 square cable. So this was 70 square per tail, so it was 70 square by 5. Okay. That had to be ran from A to B to run this big fuck-off um, pump at the bottom of a vessel to pump out the charcoal clean water into loads of filters in a big 40-foot container and then pump it back out onto the line really clean. Um, but uh, an engineer comes up to me anyway and says, you're doing this wrong. And I go, yeah, okay, there's my drawings. Um, do you want to just double check that I'm doing it wrong um, and you can bell there from there to there and he um, comes back to me half an hour later and says uh, apologies you weren't wrong and I go thanks very much means a lot you seeing that um, and I go have you got much more on and he goes oh yes we, we're doing a, we're doing a lager installation or a, a refinery installation in Belgium and we're doing this and we're doing that we're, we're about to do one of these in James's Gate in, in Dublin and I was like, Jesus, that's fantastic. Like, any chance I can jump on board with you? And he was like, oh, well, uh, no. <laughs> like, he was an Irish. He was, uh, he was a foreign national. He was German or Belgian yeah. or whatever. So in a couple of more days in this job anyway, and there had to be a pile of heat trace. So heat traces um, basically wrap uh, a cable around a stainless steel pipe and the cable gets hot. Okay. So it can't freeze in minus 5 or minus 10 or minus 15 because it's always got a hot outer core. <coughs> so we start into the heat trace. Everything else more or less finished in the 40-foot container that I'd, I'd uh, ran loads of cables to and all the instruments were all wired up. So two of the commissioners arrive over from Finland for just for the pipe work and they start uh, commissioning the system. And so I'm outside doing heat trace with another fella. And I heard this big, you know, like pile of water coming out somewhere. Like, Jesus, what the fuck is that? So I ran over to the container, 40-foot container, two lads standing in the container. And I looked at them and I said, lads, you turn off power? They go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they both looked round to the right at a four-foot high isolator on the wall. And they go, look, it's off. And I go, yeah. The cables come in at the bottom, lads. They come in at an inch off the ground, like. Um, the water was two and a half inches on top of the ground now at this stage in this 40-foot container. So they're standing in two and a half inches of water. So just to be clear, they've isolated the power... They've isolated the power coming after... A- after where a- the problem is, basically. After where the problem is, yep. Um, so they're standing in two and a half inches of water. The supply is at three inches of water. Three inches high of water. So once it gets to three inches... It's game over for them, um, as in they, they won't walk out of the pool. So at that stage, one of the other fucking fitters, the head of the fitters comes in. So these commissioning guys weren't Irish, they were from Finland or from wherever. But the head fitter walks in and says, oh, what's the story, lads? 
uh, as in he was from Kilkenny or Limerick or whatever, and he was giving out about the water because they were after pumping an arm return valve. They pumped 27 PSI and basically created the big mess. It shouldn't have popped. The pipe work shouldn't have popped at that pressure. It should have been able to take 50 PSI. But what I'm getting at is the three lads, these were all over me, all above me, and me, 25-year-old, 26-year-old young buck, thought, thought they all looked at me as in young bucks barely getting fucking what he deserves. I, mean, I was looking at them going, lads, did you turn it off? And so this was the second time I'd asked them. And they more or less said, yeah, look at that, like it's off. And so I shook my head as I was running away. I ran down to the substation and turned it off down to the substation. An hour and a half later, I get a phone call off my new boss. So this is only me with him two months. And he goes, I heard about you. And I go, oh, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you play the Stormer then, I fair play. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you take the rest of the afternoon off there, lad. Enjoy it. Go off and get a dehumidifier on Calvin there. Come back, drop the dehumidifier off. Fuck off for the evening. Enjoy it. I was like, right, no bother. Thanks. And he, he rings me again that, that evening at 7 or 8 o'clock and he goes, did you enjoy your evening? I go, I fucking did, yeah. I really enjoyed it. And he goes, well played. Fucking Stormer, lad. Stormer, you saved three lives today just by being you. And I go, Jesus. That's, that's a good one, like, you know. At the time, I was only being paid five fifty a week. So it was costing me 120 quid a week to get down to Calvin from Navin. Um, so if you work out the match, like it was like 425 euro or 415 euro was being yeah. paid for a, for a highly qualified job. A week, 55 euro a week. This is way back in 2010. And I was unqualified at the time. So um, at that stage, I was like, yeah, I can carry on with this outfit or I can... Uh, I can go off and get my papers again and then get the right money off the same outfit. So I carried on with them for about a year, I think. And it was up in Bailey's Diageo. And Bailey's Diageo was, is owned by Diageo. And there's no upper management in Diageo that run Ireland that is Irish. They're all Scottish. They all come from the same town over in Scotland for some unknown reason to myself. But well, it's an English company, isn't it, Diageo? Not sure. It's not Irish, anyway. No, but it I remember matter. them Sorry, buying. Well. I remember them buying Coca Cola and all these and Bailey's Diageo, obviously Bailey's Diageo. But it was they were upgrading from S five to S seven um, software. So that's it's PLC software. So it's like um, ECUs in cars, but except for commercial industrial use. Okay. Um, so that's what I was doing. I was putting in stainless steel drops here, there and everywhere and I wasn't getting paid great money it was 5.50 a week sort of thing 50 hours again barely even a 10 or an hour sort of thing so um, one of the safety reps from Bailey Siagio he had a hard on for me because I don't know I've got a head of me as in I've got a head that basically people want to give out to <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's the look that I give them that makes them want to give out to me but anyway whatever it is I don't give a fuck either way but he turns around to me and says, uh, oh, you need to put on a second pair of glasses over your spectacles. And I go, yeah, that's not going to be safe. 30 foot in the air, 27 degrees. It's just not going to, it's just not kosher. Like. And he was like, oh, well, you can't be on the site if you won't abide by the 
the safety standards. Safety standards. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to be here anyway. Like, you know, getting paid minimum to be here. Like, um, and he goes, uh, oh, you can't talk to me like that. And I go, oh, yeah. Um, what do you, way would you like me to talk to you? And he goes, oh, with a, a little bit of uh, respect. And I go, respect is earned, not given. And uh, he felt a wee bit insulted. So anyway, I had to apologise um, for me being me, <laughs> which is degrading. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. <laughs> so and there's me sitting in a meeting with the boss that is after saying, fucking massive job, only a year previous, you've saved three lives. He's sitting on my left-hand side watching me back. I thought he's a nice guy. I enjoyed him immensely. Um, then the safety inspector, that's uh, a worker in the factory as well, is sitting on my right, and then there's two managers, both from Scotland, standing across the way. So one of them, one of them is the health and safety manager for Europe, and the other one's um, the products manager for 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 Bailey's, basically. So the two boys were uh, trying to put it the politest way possible that you have to apologise to the health and safety guy for speaking to him in that tone or speaking to him in that way. Yeah, no problem. Sorry about that. Have a day. Good luck. Yeah, move on. Move on. Moved on. Next day, I, I was uh, moving the for or moving the teleporter. We say not teleporter. Sorry, the lifter. Um, so an MEWP. Mobile elevated working platform um, from A to B. So I had to go up a five degree slope um, and there had to be a drop of conduit. I had to leave the lifter on a five degree slope and do the drop of conduit 25 foot in the air or 30 foot in the air down to 15 foot in the air, we'd say. So I started into that. Um, no sign of any health and safety. Lifters fucking swinging because it's, it's off level before you start. So it doesn't want... Lifters only want to work on a perfectly level ground. I wouldn't have thought they would have worked on a 5-degree slope. Once it's a 10-degree slope, there's no chance it'll go up. because It actually it physically won't move. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're unbalancing it too much. But if you've got a little slope, you can get away with going up a 20 height. foot or 25 foot. Um, again, these are these are 40 foot and 50 foot lifters. So you're not using them to the max. You're using them to half their potential, if that makes sense. Yes. So you're, you're safe. You're safe inside parameters or you're safe inside um, certain ways and means of, of using it yeah um, but anyway I get down four hours or five hours later after doing the bit of work and I move the lifter on again over to a nice easy one maybe 15 20 foot is all I have to get up and drop down to, to 12 foot so it's an 8 foot drop with an offset and two end boxes happy out start making it up go to jump up in the lift or to mount and he goes um, where's your second safety officer that was only after apologising come back home where's your second set of spectacles and I had a bead of sweat dripping down my head um, as he was saying this I'm like very stainless steel is ten times harder than mild steel so when you bend stainless steel it's ten times harder to do it so if you don't know how to bend mild steel you ain't going to be able to bend stainless steel okay, okay. so I tried to show the apprentice a month previous or a couple of weeks previous to this how to bend stainless. As okay. in, you have to fucking put your, your whole body and lever, lever it at the same time. So you have a bar here and you're trying to get a bend in it 
we'll say, on on the actual bend or itself. But you put an extra bar to make more leverage to be able to pull all the weight down on it and in a yanking fashion to get your 90 on the, on the conduit. So six foot one Russian uh, apprentice couldn't do it. Okay, I could do it. For, don't know what it was, but maybe it was the shortness and the, the, the anger or aggression that I had in me that made me want to show the young fella that was towering over me this is how you do so it was just after putting an offset and a bend and a thread in this lump of steel and when the safety guy comes over where's your second set of spectacles every other piece of safety equipment was on me is in harness fizzy vest um, steel toe boots the works right? steel toe boots everything was on me like you know I felt really comfortable the way I was I was sweating what, which isn't comfortable when you're when you're working but I goes you know what you can shove your fucking job up your hole and he goes Sorry, mate, I don't work, or you don't work for me. And I go, yeah, well, why the fuck are you sticking your nose into my work? So I walked off and, and found the boss that was really nice to me that I was after fucking up his job by saying that on the second day or third day of him only apologising to the overlords that were running the whole job. Yeah. I had to apologise to the overlords and then he would have had to apologise to keep his money right and to keep his job right. Which is the way it works. Like, yeah. I was being the upstart and saying, you know, fuck you, I'm sick of it. I was only paid small money as well. I wasn't paid 800 quid a week like I... No, you weren't being paid enough to take shit on top of doing the fucking work you had to do, basically. It, it's all relative. So anyway, I said, went back up to your man and I explained, look, I'm not paid enough. Um, I can't handle it. I've got too many outgoings, not enough incomings. And he goes, oh, sure, I'll have to ring the fucking dole and tell him to drop your, drop your money. And I was like... There's no need to be insulting, man. You know what worked. If you don't want to fucking pay me enough, that's fine, I'm gone. So off I went, went off and did a PLC course. It was 2012, like, way back, like, nine years ago, ten years ago. Um, went off and did a PLC course in Cork. So at the time I was driving a Subaru Impreza. So enjoyed driving down to Cork. Enjoyed learning about something new because I was after working around PLCs for a good few months or a good few years between the first crew and the second crew that I knew these were the centrepieces of all industry, all commercial industry. So if you understood how to tell these brains what to do, you were invaluable. Yes. Because there's only a certain percentage of the world that can do it. As in, we'll say with C, this is nothing to do with PLCs, this is to do with uh, uh, actual computer programming. So C programming, there's like point. 3% of the world can do it. So, like Java, Script and C programming, there's a fucking tiny amount of the population in the world that can do it. Yeah, so, so it's which makes it valuable. Market. Yeah, it's a completely niche market. But there's so many people that can do it at the same time. That 0.3% sounds tiny, but it's actually like fucking 3 million or 4 million people. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm getting at is them numbers are just hearsay. They aren't real numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But well, no fact checkers on the show just no, yet. No, no. But they can fact check all they want and tell tell you the real numbers. I don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in La La Land most of the time anyway. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, back to um, PLC programming. Um, PLC programming opened me up hugely. 2012 at the time, Gav, one of my mates, he actually came down for an interview in Cork from Dublin to see if he got an interview he did get the interview and ended up working in there and he's been down there for 10 or 11 years since which is good for Gav but um, that's what he wanted to do and that's what he's doing but 
what I'm getting at is when I did the PLC course, I was like, wow, this is this is the shit. I can now tell a computer that I want to pick an item up here and I want to put it down here, but I also want it to turn over when it's down there and then start again. So figured out that, and then I go, Jesus, it's not that hard to do PLCs. So obviously if I go back and do my six block, it's not going to be that hard either. So that's what I did in 2013, went and sat back in Nintendo College, listened to a lecturer, whatever, two and a half days a week, for two months and enjoyed it because I could see her see <laughs> see what she was doing on the board and understand it in depth like you know whereas before it was pie in the sky sort of shit smiling and nodding smiling and nodding that's all you could do like but it was a drinker at the time back then as well so that wouldn't have helped either like I'm, I'm, I'm a recovering alcoholic now and I know I'm a recovering alcoholic so it's if I fall back into 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 having a few points, it's never never one or two. It's always seven or eight or nine, and it's never a shot of whiskey. It's always half the bottle, and I don't know the line. I, I can't can't stop it. Does that make sense? Once it's there, the taste is there. That's kind of it. So I don't do that anymore. I don't drink anymore, um, because I know how much it leaves me in the lurch the day after and the day after and the day after with the depression of it yeah your seven day hangover basically oh big time I'm dying to go to the jacks yeah no worries well. we'll pause it up okay and we're back sorry uh, now so Sean sorry what were you saying um, we were talking about um, getting from 2013 to 14 <laughs> so there's way back and I I felt really guilty I actually met Palor Mulvey so I did Okay, a mutual friend of ours. Um, in 2010, and I was trying to do it in 2010, as in go back and sit in the sit in the six phase college block to reset the seven phase or reset the six phase test to get the seven phase done, and um, to be a qualified electrician. And I got a phone call off a foreman that was doing a massive job, nine thousand square foot, four thousand square foot garage, and he says, um, "Do you want to look at it?" I couldn't I couldn't say no at the time because I was still in the grab, 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 money, money, money aspect of life. Um, I didn't. I had one child at the time, or just about one child at the time, and it was just like um, I didn't understand that the more you chase, the more you lose sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I went off and did that for six or seven months. Grand money, grand work, lovely house. Learned an awful lot in them six or seven months. Then went back, um, Bailey Diageo and all that. Um, went off and did the PLC. Went back and redid the six phase for the third or fourth time. As in, like, I tried to sit in 2010, sit through the class again with classes on me. But I'd been given the opportunity to make money again at the same time. So I'd taken the opportunity to make money and back to square one in 2013-2014, sat the test then 2014, passed it, went back to work in um, data centres then, so I did. Uh, got a phone call when I was in the data centre, and it was, do you want to earn 28 euro an hour? Fucking right you do. So he goes, oh, I'll sort you out with flights, you're going to Belgium, it's two weeks on, three days off. And I go, jeez, that sounds all right. And I go, who am I working for? And he goes, GlaxoSmithKline. And I go, big outfit. And he goes, yeah. And I go, are you 
direct? And he goes, no, we're indirect. We're working for this other crowd that we do. We you did the work for in Charleville, a big outfit as well. And, and I go, well, that's grand. So started into that, about a month into that, I meet a fella called, uh, oh, I won't, no names. Um, I met a fella from Cork anyway. He was only after coming back from Australia. And he sounded loud, like, but he was, he wasn't, he was direct with the crowd. So BCD, he wasn't a subby, I was a subby. So I thought, great, making savage money. This young fella's an apprentice, happy days, he's going to listen to what has to be done. He's not going to fucking stress me out. He's an Irish boy, all this Irish boys stick together. So, month into it, we were mega on cables with 500 volts, you're putting down a cable, both ends. So you have to make sure you're safe one end, make sure you're safe the other end, then you pump the 500 volts down it, you get infinity or you get a reading. You need to write down the reading or you get infinity, which is good. But uh, doing that, and it's it's a yes and no thing. You're safe, yes. You're safe, no. Uh, I could be, is what you start doing to me. I could be safe. And they go, well, you're either fucking safe or you're not. You're holding them with your tongue. Um, ah, no, I, I am safe. And they go, fucking talk you. Like, he was just, he started winding me up, basically, for the crack and... Over fucking 500 volts going through a cable? No, he was like 500 metres away from me. I was talking to him on a walkie-talkie. Yeah, and yeah. So we're standing on stainless steel. But no, but my, my point being, he's like, he's kind of making a joke yeah, about yeah, yeah. testing but a 500 is, fucking volt cable. He's making a joke about it being safe or not safe. So I needed a yes or no. If it wasn't safe, I couldn't, I couldn't do the test. Yeah, yeah, it's not I a joke. I had to figure out why it wasn't safe. Yeah. Or tell my, my superior why it wasn't safe. <clears throat> so this guy would have been a house basher and went off to Australia and did the Australian certificates to be uh, EX rated. So EX rated is all uh, all gas and oil, okay. all instrumentation, all highly paid top end work. Um, and basically, he had done this for a little bit in Australia, so he he thought he understood about about it in Ireland or in Belgium. But the Irish are actually one of the furthest along. With this, as in pharmaceuticals, your your mate was talking about, Archie was talking about last week, like, you can go to most pharmaceuticals in the world and you're guaranteed to find a few Irish lads in there because it's either the pipework has to be welded via via certified uh, welder that's generally Irish or it has to be wired via, via instrumentation, um, ele- electrics or by a big outfit... Um, whatever it might be, the PM Group or Mercury or Kirby's or whatever it is, but there's always a huge, big, big group involved that are a huge outfit, as in they always have huge wages for the lads because they're all high-end lads, basically. Mm. <coughs> so, anyway, over over in Belgium, making what I thought was great money, gets to a Thursday, one of the days, and everybody has their pay slips and he... The young fella, he's only four or five years my junior now. It's not. I'm not trying to insult him, call him a young fella, but his train of thought was not my train of thought at this stage of life. So his train of thought was ah, but session Friday, Saturday night. My train of thought was, can I afford to get a ticket home, spend two days with the family or a day with the family, and fly back? Can I afford to do that? So he shows me his wages, and he got two one, and I got eighteen hundred. And I was like, nah, that's not right. So I ring the boss, and the boss says, "Yeah, he's direct, and you're a, you're a subby of a subby, and you, you've got your lodge paid, and you've got your your dinner paid for every night. 
if you choose it. Like, and they go, yeah, that doesn't equate to three hundred quid in my world. Um, so I, I was getting humpy, obviously, and he only had X amount that he could give out for labour. So because the young fellow was after explaining that he was making three hundred quid more, I was after having a little for Gary that he's making three hundred quid more than me, and me showing him what to do. So I jacked straight away because that's the way my mind works. So I'm not getting paid what I deserve. I'm not doing it. Fuck you. So I walked away. He rings me. The boss from Ireland rings me two hours later. Says, "What are you doing?" And I go, "Look, fair is fair. You called me out before um, and said I was being paid too much, in, and I couldn't, you couldn't afford to pay me any more way back in Bailey yeah, show years ago." Here we are, three years on. I have the qualification you asked for. I asked for the X amount of money. You gave it to me, but then you, I'm giving an apprentice that's getting 300 quid a week more than me because he has to pay for his own lodge and his own grub. But he's coming with us. So he comes with us every evening for our feed and then we bring him back to his apartment with us. Yeah. So therefore, why is he getting extra money when I have more knowledge than him. He goes, as I said, it's he's direct and you're a subby. And he goes, look, I can't do that. I'm out. And that was that. Like, so that was 2014, 2015. I had obviously made my bed. I would taken pictures of the last few timesheets with my camera phone because I didn't want to spend any more time arguing over money that was due to me for X amount of work. So when the last few wages came in, I was two and a half grand shy. And so it's a it was a family-owned business, the lads that I was working for at the time. I explained to the overall boss, as in the boss of the fella that I'd said in Belgium and in Bailey Seattle, I've had enough of this shit. His boss, I'm shy of two and a half grand. What do you want to do about it? He goes... You come down to me and we'll talk through it. So that's what I did the next day. I went down to him, talked through it, and he goes, look, I can't prove that you've done all this work you've said you've done. And I go, well, I can. There's the timesheets there, Jim. And I, handed, I showed him the, the pictures of the timesheets, and he goes, can you give me copies of that? And I go, I surely can. Give me your email. He gave me the email I sent him across, and he goes, no problem at all, Sean. I'll have that sorted for you today. It was probably one of the best feelings I've ever had in my life to get paid what I felt like I deserve. You're not asking for too much, though, are you? Like, you know, no, I was just asking what I deserved. Right amount, like. Yeah, but it was it, it was nearly like I wasn't getting shafted. I felt like I was getting what I deserved. I knew that beyond my little world, there was huge amounts of money involved in this, like huge, like millions, millions upon millions. Like GlaxoSmithKline had gotten ten billion of fucking Bill Gates the same year for doing the the plant that the crowd in Cork were after building, transporting from Cork to Belgium to put together for GlaxoSmithKline. So it was like, you were talking yeah, millions, big industry millions, stuff like. huge, huge, huge um, industry. Um, but again, seeing all that made my life relative to what I wanted or what I what I thought I wanted. So way back then, I had to walk through three or four giant car parks every day at half six in the morning 
And when you're walking six or seven hundred meters from A to B every morning, and you're smoking your fag as as you do to try and get your day started, or you're smoking your fag just because you're an addict to, to nicotine or whatever it is, and you look, I was looking up and I could see the fucking huge fucking 40 by 40 foot solar panel systems all across these, these big car parks, right? Fuck me, this is this is phenomenal. Like, you know, as in, they're all facing west, and forgive me if I get this wrong, but it rises in the east and sets in the west, yeah. the sun, yeah? So obviously starts in the east, comes all the way around to the south, and then goes all the way around to the west, and then drops down again, boom. In in a, a semicircle. Yeah. I was looking at this, and every morning I'd go in and be facing east, and every morning I'd walk out in the dark, I'd be facing west. I was like, "Fuck me, it's phenomenal shit, phenomenal." 2014. Right, fuck it. I've already jacked in that, and I said, "I'm on the way home." Got home, jumped into my nice fancy car, super impressive, really happy, really fucking chuffed with life, top. Yeah, I have a, I have a, I have an inkling now that I know what direction I'm going in because I mean, say when I was coming up in 2002, 2003, only young, I would have been sitting on the ground for I mean, say two or three months of a year, sitting on the ground, sitting on a chair, whatever it was, sitting on something, and literally just ringing cables, pulling them, and um, pulling the tails off, putting on ferrules. Next one, ringing cable, pull the tails off. Pull the pull the cop, show the copper, put in the ferrule. Next one, so I I would have done that in like Hickey's pharmacy in Navan when they were doing up that. I would have done it in Sherlock's, the first building in the corner in Beachmount way back, cuts of twenty years ago. And I always would have noticed that I was there at the bottom, handing the cables up to everybody. And twelve or thirteen years on. It had changed slightly, as in you could buy what I used to spend 10 to 12 minutes making cheaper than you could spend building. Yes. So you could buy in the parts cheaper than building them. Yeah. So that meant you, you needed more money to complete the work, but you needed less labour. The problem with that is, if you're not always on the ball with it, you're going to lose money. Because if you, you, you don't know that LED bulbs are coming out and you're still installing low-voltage bulbs, if they ask you for LED bulbs and you've got a stock of three or 400 low-voltage bulbs, you still have to go out and buy the LED bulbs even though you've got a stock of low-voltage bulbs. Yes. So people don't want these. They don't want the low-voltage. They want the LEDs. This is where it was going. So at the also at the time, it was like uh, data was just coming into it. So, so fucking... Like, Cat5 was was new to the market, and it was 300 metres in, in a drum at the time, and you could make, like, 20, 21 or 22 quid per point. So that meant from your comms cabinet to your point, let's say 55, point number 55, you made 22 euro for terminating that end and terminating the far end. Cable's only 25 metres long. Cables were on within three or four minutes of starting. But the number was... 22 quid per point so if you were doing 50 of them you're making a huge amount of money you're making 1100 quid for doing 50 points so literally going that that that, that, that eight times you're making 2250 or whatever it was 22 quid per point so i thought 
there's a good lot of years ago. There's definitely money in that. And then fire alarms. The, the regulations for fire alarms changed. So that meant that every area had to be zoned and had to be addressable. So it was all, this was all new again. Like, you know, as in, there was only a certain amount of people that knew about the regulation changing, the new regulations staying the, the way they were, and that all of this regulation was down to insurance premiums, as in, to reduce their insurance premiums. Yeah, they had to bring up their fire safety to whatever code or whatever it was, yeah. This is what it was. So I'd never really need I never really caught on to any of the fads or any of the fire alarm data. I'd watched people make money out of it and watched people coming up as such doing it. But it had never been a huge big turnover for anybody that I I had uh, never been able to grasp onto one of them completely and say, yeah, that's going to be me for the next four or five years. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a huge amount of money out of it. So 2014, after seeing all these solar panels, I said, fuck it, I'm going to buy me some solar panels because there ain't nobody doing it now. That's what I want to do. Um, so got in contact with everybody in Ireland that I, that I kind of knew to pull out of and found out that you could buy a panel, all right, but you could only buy a panel for 480 quid. Um, and it was a 250-watt panel, so it was working out at nearly €2 Euro a watt, right? So if you're buying five panels or four panels to make a 1,000 watts, one kilowatt, it was costing you a huge amount of money, like two and a half grand or two grand, two, 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 just for the four or five panels, four panels that you wanted. Whereas now, 2021, you can buy them same four panels for €300 delivered to your back door. So I decided in 2014 that I wanted to build them. So I knew right well that I can build a 120-watt panel in six hours and the materials for a cost, we'd say, 180 quid. And I was double glazing them with 7mm glass on the top. So I knew the consumption that I wanted to get to was relative to how much I could build. So I was trying to bring my 9,500 to 10,000 kilowatts per year for the two-household two family that I have in my garden, as in my parents' house and that I grew up in, and then my little house um, with my five kids, and it wasn't five at the time, um, but it is five now. Um, I wanted to get the consumption of the overall units down to, we'll say... Six and a half thousand kilowatts a year, right. which is what roughly a standard house uses four and a half thousand kilowatts a year. Two bedroom or three bedroom house with two two kids and two adults, roughly is four and a half thousand kilowatts a year. So one hundred twenty watts doesn't sound like much, but one hundred twenty watts multiplied by eight to ten hours of sunlight equals nine hundred twenty watts. So if you produce anywhere upwards of 5,000 watts in one day and your consumption is 20,000 20, watts, you're reducing your consumption by 25%. Yes. So... You save a quarter of your ESB bill, basically. quarter of your ESB bill for what I thought was going to be bulletproof systems that I was able to build, as in build it from scratch, with reverse bias diodes. So a reverse bias diode allows current to pass one way but doesn't allow current to pass the other way. Okay. So it's it's literally like a stop clock, a stop 
stopcock for water. Yes. Um, as in when It'll the stopcock in, but not goes, low, goes low, water comes in. But when this, there's too much water, stopcock closes. Yeah. Same sort of thing. Same with energy. But it also means that you're not dragging out your battery bank when the sun isn't giving you enough light over the whole panel. Yeah, the electricity isn't going from the battery you've just charged back into, into the panel, your panel. Being wasted. You're not losing it. You're, it's only going one way into your battery bank. So it was in place for six or seven months. Um, really enjoying it. Um, but it was burning, like as in it was three and four o'clock in the morning, soldering these little panels. So the panels were only like, uh, they'd be say twice the size of a phone and each one of them would be 1.3 or 1.5 watts. So you're only getting, I was only getting 120 watts once I had 60 or 70 of them in one panel. Yeah, all soldered in. So 700, it was working out at 700 mil across. Um, no, 700 mil long and 500 mil wide, basically. Okay. A lump of plastic that was soldering all these panels onto and then putting a double glazed unit on top of it. So then, by 2015, going into 2016, a guy had rang me and said, look, I can sell you panels for cost, as in 250 watt for 250 euro. And okay. I was like, yeah, I'll be doing that then. So, And it was it was quite, again, it was wood from the trees. I'm after spending two and a half grand trying to build these panels. I built eight or ten of them, happy out. They all work, but they aren't perfect as in I can't sell them to the likes of you because they aren't CE stamped yes. but I can use them all myself for my own personal use because there's nothing wrong with you creating your own energy as long as you're not endangering anybody else yeah absolutely it's like I can brew my own beer yeah. and I don't have to do it to any standard no but if you can drink it but if you kill shop. yourself you're fucked yes um, but it's, it's again it's all relative um, so anyway I started into it um, and uh realised that I wanted to be on the SAI, so Sustainable Energy Association Ireland, um, and I couldn't be on their website because I didn't have their certifications, okay. as in their qualification to install it and to certify it. So booked into them two courses to be on the SAI website, and lo and behold, six months later, courses passed, I'm on the SAI website. Happy days, I am where I want to be. Great, start pricing the work. Start pricing the work. Okay, people are talking about two years, three years down the road. They want to work in the system. Yeah, sorry, I can't really help you. Um, I have to. Uh, I have to start and say next month or two. So if you if you come across a job that you don't want done done in two years, by all means, give me a bell. Anything electrical, anything solar, or any sort of power supply you need, wherever it is, it it's irrelevant. It can be done for X amount of money I'll nearly use your I'll use your unit as a as a way of promoting what I'm doing so I'll do it at a cost but I'll do it at the cost as in not exorbitant amount of extra money so like a a battery bank and a a panel and a pump installed for 700 quid and it's guaranteed for a year and a half to run a water feature a mile and a half away from a power supply like that was one of them, for example. But the guys that I was trying to do the work for had the money, but they didn't want to pay out to do the real systems. As in, they were sold water heating systems as solar panel systems five years ago or six years ago. 
And that's what they thought was a solar panel system when it was mechanical water heating. Okay. So I was trying to go up against the plumbers, as in not, not physically go against them, but trying to explain to a client that PV is for electrical energy and not for water heating. Yes. But people couldn't couldn't see the wood from the trees with it because they thought, sure, who's this young buck? So what would he know? How is he, how is he even at my door trying to explain this to me? Like, you know, there's not, there's nothing behind him. Like, I know his dad was an electrician, so I'm sorry. History was, dad was an electrician since 86, or before then, set up in 86 and only shot in 2017. And sorry to cut across you, but how much of that is in your own head, though? Like, you know, what they're thinking of Oh, it's you. probably huge. It's probably fucking 90% of it in my own head. But uh, all I need is, like, a little hint, as in when someone says a specific thing, as in, and how much is, how much is one of them costing me? And how much is 10 of them costing me? When someone says something along them lines, all they're trying to do is judge the actual cost of the unit. They're not thinking about the production of energy that they're getting from the unit. Yeah, you have to think of what what the net that you're left with. Basically. Yeah, so the net would be 10 to 12 years positive energy after payment. Yes. Does that make sense? Which is like, so a system I put in 2016 had paid for itself by 2020. So right. that was a two kilowatt system, eight panels on a roof, 305 or 310 watt panels, produced nine or 10 10,000, 11,000 kilowatts since. So if a kilowatt's costing you 12 cents and it's produced 11,000, you know, I'll do the maths real quick, but you know roughly what it is in 22,000 kilowatts. Yeah, look, 20, it, it, 22,000 it cents. So it's 2,000 euro, we'd say, it's produced worth of power. Okay, that you four. otherwise would have had to pay for. Yeah. Um, but again, the problem also being that the government does not, or the ESB networks, which is a private company, does not want to pay for outside generation. Yes. Because they, they? they don't get money when someone pays into the grid. Once someone's putting energy, positive energy feedback into the grid, they can't make enough out of it because okay. it's never big enough to run a data centre, for example. So a data centre is, you were talking about them with uh, Sheep. Sheep or Patrick is right, yeah. And uh, like the data centres... Like, I don't think you can you can quantify the amount of power they consume. Was the way he the way she put it was massive, massive, massive. So well, no, but he, he said like Navin. Oh yeah, easily, easily. You know, like but Navin. yeah, that puts it into perspective. So we'll say like. Tara Mines has an ESP between four and six million a year. Okay, but that's because they drill giant fucking drill bits, twenty four foot into stone rock faces. Yeah, two hundred feet below ground level or four hundred feet below ground level. But these rigs are like seventy ton rigs, like you know, they're not they're not small babies at all. <coughs> the most efficient way for them to do it is to actually put a power supply onto this big truck and then drill sixteen holes in one go with this big power supply that's that's coming off the grid basically. Right. Um but uh like thirty four megawatts is a so it's thirty four million watts is what okay. one of them Data center produces standard house uses three and a half thousand watts, so it's sorry, four and a half thousand kilowatts okay. a year. So that's four and a half thousand watts of energy is what a standard house runs on. And the data center 
uses between 34 and 38 mega watts. So okay. it's a million watts. Mega is, is six zeros, basically, um, of energy. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's, a, it's a building that consumes the energy of thousands and thousands and thousands of houses. Yeah, and our government have neglected to say that we pay for the running of these. We like it's not the 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 people that that own these make a set amount of money from doing what they do, but to power these units, they make a contract with the ESB to pay per unit a lot cheaper than you pay or I pay. Granted, but that's just um, that's like a, a, a quantity breakdown. I mean, if you go into an electrical wholesaler and want to buy a plug, it's a euro. You want to buy a thousand plugs, it's fifty cent. Agreed, agreed. So I, I you do get very frustrated with that whole aspect of it. Does that make sense? Is in the way the way it's set up that a man that's buying, as in a man that's building a data center, can buy something for four times cheaper than I can buy it because he's willing to put his own life or his own working career and his whole working career in the hands of big corporations that can pull the plug at any second. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, and that's that's never that's never going to leave humanity in a in a positive state. That's always going to leave humanity in a negative state. Like it's it's like um Here's a great one for you. In 2014, I was walking around the place um, and I was told to just knock off the trailer bar off the ends of the, the tray. And I was only told I had three weeks work with this crowd. And my foreman had told me, I can give you three weeks. Only after coming back from, from Belgium at the time. And I was after getting the number of this foreman off a fella in Belgium to do to go back to this data centre working in, in Dublin. Okay. Um, and... Uh, I was out to be moved from the top floor after we have been doing the train trunking and I was told to just cut all the trailer bars at the tails. And so I spent a whole day driving around in a forklift because all the ceilings were 15 or 16 foot high um, basically cutting through the trailer bar that was sitting right in front of me and then just um, wanking it is what I'd call it backwards and forwards until it broke. And then the fellow that I was... The, was over me comes along at half three and the thing goes you doing it that way and I go yeah is there another way and he goes yeah there is and they go oh yeah sure so he walks over to the ground picks up a lump of conduit it's only about a metre and a half long goes up to the next thread of bar in front of me goes bop 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 one two three the lump of thread of bar falls down through the conduit and hits the ground and I'm after driving around a forklift that's four ton around every single thread of bar, <laughs> holding it with my left hand, cutting it with my right hand, and then wanking it backwards and forwards for six and a half hours. And he comes along after for with two hours left in the day, shows me how to do it the fastest way possible. Yeah, yeah, with a bit of a knack. And then walks away. And I thought, brilliant, like, you know, as in, you could have done that six hours ago and saved three hours of my production time, but you chose not to, which is fine. Do you know, like, you know, as in, it's all but, relevant. But again, I, I wonder how much of this is in your head. I mean, did, uh, 
are you sure he saw what you were doing at the start of the day? Do you know what kind of way? Like, like maybe he didn't notice. Maybe he saw what you were doing and then went, oh, fuck, here, yeah, Sean. There's an easier way. Eh. Uh, no, again, I have that fucking clue. Maybe I so. <laughs> like, I was 28 years of age, right, at this time. 27, 28 years of age. House built. After being put underneath the 25-year-old. Yeah. Um, and he was doing 25 minute conduit. And after a week and a half, he goes, you're a mad bastard. And I go, I am what I am, and I'll always be what I am. There's no change in that shit. Um, and then he went off on holidays. He, he hadn't had any kids yet. And he went off on holidays for a couple of days and then comes back. And I was off with a different crew, but I, he pulled me back into his crew. But then the day after that would have been the, the treaded bar thing, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, and like this would have been three, maybe four weeks into the job, and I could sense that I was looking at life a different way to all of them. You know, they were all in it to get to the next level of their job, where I was in it to get the money to walk away. Yes, you know, I didn't have the investment they had in it. I knew I didn't have the investment, but that's be that's because it was after living my life already to a point. And I was like, do you know what? Fuck everybody. If the money is what the money is, I'll just keep my mouth shut my head down and, and carry on until I'm carried off as such. So that was way back. So anyway, back to, to solar panels, 2015. Get them fairly cheap, but again, nobody understood what I was talking about. Well, they probably did, but they didn't want to hear it off me. Um, and I'm not a seller, I'm a doer. I've always been a doer. Um, again, we talked about houses earlier on, 13 years like <laughs> um, it took me 13 years to turn my little apartment into the house I live in now yes do you know whereas I don't know if anybody else would be able would want to do it for 13 years um, and do without mortgage but again that's the way it happened for me and that's the way it's been so I couldn't get a mortgage um, because my mind wouldn't allow me and again as well as that the banks won't allow me because you talked about the APT ability to pay I don't have an ability to pay <laughs> like that was knocked out me in 2009 when I was actually doing it first and foremost and I explained to one of the bank managers assistant bank managers of Bank of Ireland and I'll never forget it I go I'm going to max out my overdraft. I'm going to max out my uh, credit card. I'm trying to get into an apartment. I'm renting. I'm a third-year apprentice. So I'm paying rent, paying for to keep a car on the road, trying to build an apartment out of a shed, and trying to hold down a 40-hour job at the same time. He goes, yeah, no problem. You can do that. So six months later, on the Thursday at lunchtime, I went in to, to lodge the cheque, and went in to take €100 Euro out after lodging the cheque, and my card was swallowed up. I walked into the bank manager. Um, he says, um, yeah, you owe us lots of money. And I go, I know that. I explained to you a couple of months ago that I was. I was hungover as fuck now. Um, <laughs> one o'clock Doesn't in the help. day, and it would have been a stink of beer still off me. Like, you know, it's only young, like a young buck is in fucking 25, 26, well able to handle it, well able to keep the head on didn't really matter I didn't understand that I was an alcoholic at the time again so here's to no one and here's to the unknown of it and anyway 
Seven grand was the number. Um, at the time, I didn't have any other loans. Didn't owe anybody anything. I owed um, for my insurance. So for the Fiat Punto, for example, was five grand. The vehicle only cost two and a half grand. So it was a, it was like everything everything was extortion when you were coming up, um, when we were starting off. And so I got seven grand the next week out of the credit union because I had a full time job and basically I I had the ability to pay in in their mind. Um. Uh, so that's what I did. And I walked into the Bank of Ireland, found that same bank manager that had shut me down and said, if you get me seven grand in the next week, I can make sure I reinstate everything. And so he didn't even shake my right hand. He shook my left hand and I should have known when he shook my left hand. So he goes, great doing business with you. Takes the money and walks away. So that was me after forking out everything I had in my world to try and get this apartment to a livable state maxing out everything I could agreement was a week previous yeah if you get me every penny you owe us no problem reinstating everything happy days my dad at the time was, was turning over a hell of a lot of money in the same bank so I thought that was more more so a cover for my own actions if that makes sense which is not the way life works at all and I, I didn't realise that at the time so seven grand gave them to him they fucked me off Um they didn't blacklist me or anything, but they made it very hard for me to cash check. They made me wait for four or five days for the check to be cleared all the time, even though it was what it was. It was a Bank of Ireland check coming from an account and going into another Bank of Ireland account. So at that stage, I go, right, I can never deal with anything to do with them again because that doesn't seem fair in any society. If you explain your case to someone and then they they tell you what they need to make sure you can get to where you're trying to get to and then they pull the plug anyway when they get everything they want. That's that's the definition of an unfair society. Yeah. Um so at the time I didn't realise how how it was or how it should have been. But what they wanted me to do was go off and get a mortgage or yeah, go off and get a mortgage and buy a house that I wouldn't have been able to afford, that I would have lost anyway in 2009. Yeah. Because the way it was is and you couldn't get paid for doing your job in 2009. After because, the crash there, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was what it was. Um, and life is what it is now. So I, I just can't, I can't get my head round why people are expecting the banking sector to accommodate people after they've proven so many times that they don't want to accommodate people. Does that make sense? Oh, no, without a doubt. So, for example, since that point, I've actually completely hated banking and the structure and its entirety. In 2014, I had fucking tons of money in a permanent TSB account because I was working in Belgium and couldn't spend it in Belgium so it was going straight into the permanent TSB and uh, I went into that bank manager after four or five six six or seven years uh, dealing with a bank and I asked said bank manager is there any chance of a, a loan to finish me me little house like he said no 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 and I go well, I got four or five grand in the bank like and he goes yeah I can't help you though 
And I go, um, he starts telling me about his uncle. And I go, and what's that got to do with me? And he goes, oh, well, he's got a farm. Yeah, so the man has land, and yet he still can't pay for the land. So how is that end to do with me? And he was like, well, if this man can't do it, how can you do it? That's what his thought process was. And this was, this was a young enough man. Like He was only in his 30s. I would have been 25 or 26 or 27. And I just thought, no, I never want to be in this again. Yeah. I never want to feel like this, this, this that I feel now. I never want to feel this again because I don't need to feel this. It's not my fault that I am what I am. It's not my fault that life is the way life is and I'm not a net contribu- contributor to society as a whole now whereas I was 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, but 15 years ago, if you had met me as a net contributor, I wouldn't have had the time to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because I'm too busy way, in the yeah. system yeah. trying to get to the next point. So what the realisation was that um, life is life is what you make it. If you des- If you decide that you're going to do something the hard way and you choose to finish it you have to push in both directions to get to where you want to be but you have to realise when you are there that you've got there like as in I was standing in my garden a couple of days ago and I was like Jesus I built that roof and I built that roof and I put that polygonal there and I put that um, utility room there for example Um and I put them solar panels up there. And I put them solar panels up there. And I built that shed. I was like, wow. Yeah, there's a pride there. Yeah, like it is. Like, you know, that's my castle. Like, Yeah. As in, in, nobody can touch anything in my castle now. Whereas, with the imposter syndrome that you were talking about this before, I was always waiting for someone to come along and say, nah, go on out with that. You've had enough there. Enough of a good run there. You can just give all that back there. You don't deserve it. Do you know? Yeah. Whereas that was down to not doing the paperwork the right way. I always had it in the back of my mind that there's going to be someone's going to come along and from and the say, planning authority yeah, or some yeah, whatever yeah, some, the fuck. Some yeah. The big bad wolf, basically. Yeah. Whereas the fact of the matter is the big bad wolf is all around us, but we don't know it. As in all the zero drinks, they're all filled with aspartame and the cellophane K, all the all the chewing gums, they're all filled with it as well. So they're all filled with aspartame. So, like, that's the devil in my mind. Them sort of disease-giving drugs or disease-giving supplements that aren't actually noted for what they are. As right. in, the it isn't ever written on the, on the bottle of a 7-Up a, a Zero this will give you multiple sclerosis if drank for 20 to 25 years. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's not done. Like, like it's proven that aspartame is a strong contributor to multiple sclerosis. But again, the FDA that made aspartame legal in 1996 said it was safe because right. there was so much of it and the man that owned so much of it wanted to make money out of having this byproduct from the aluminium industry right so it's now, you're, you're speaking about something now that I know nothing about and I'm just curious as to know as to how you know about it. how do I know about it? when I start having kids 
Okay. We vaccinated our first child. Um, so we did. Uh, and we, when we vaccinated our first child, um, this is way back, like fucking 10 years ago, um, 11 years ago, he started getting rashes. And uh, we couldn't pinpoint why he was getting rashes. So we, we eventually got him... Um, it's... What's it called? Um, you have intolerances for things in life. Um, so certain people can be intolerant to latex. Yeah, or, ginger people can't handle the sun. Yeah. As, yeah. as a base So example. my yeah. son is ginger. Beautiful. Like He's, he's a strong... He is a strong, powerful Irish man. He's full. He is full, fluent Irish, which I'm so proud of. Savage. What age is um, he? He's only twelve. Like fucking hell, that's um, incredible, man. Fair so play. He, he was going out to the school out the road here. Um, but what I'm getting at anyway is he's allergic to pork, ice cream, and one or two other crazy things. Like you know, okay. and pork was a big part of his diet before we realised he was intolerant to it or allergic to it. So we were. I was having three pork sandwiches a day with eggs, for example. And he'd have something similar too. Um, and what I'm getting at is, um, once we figured that out, that ice cream and pork were his two, we realised that our daughter also had a problem. We couldn't put our finger on that one. That was wheat flour. Okay, she's gluten intolerant. Gluten it, intolerant. Okay. Um, so it's, it's actually not gluten. It's like, so white bread is made from wheat flour. Certain things are made from wheat flour. Um, but that process of wheat flour, if there's any wheat flour in anything, it just turns our stomach completely. She okay. can't, her stomach can't settle. So, the aspartame thing is to do with the fluoride thing in the water, in my opinion. right? So that's... When I learned about our kids, my kids having intolerances... I kind of wanted to delve a little bit de- deeper, as in, right, so they're intolerant to this and they're intolerant to that. What am I intolerant to? So I figured out what I was intolerant to, and then I cut that out of my diet, changed my mood. So once my mood was changed, then I was like, right, so what are the things that are really bad for me now so I know in the future? Like, as in, this is before the stroke. Like, So I was trying to, trying to steer myself in the right direction, and I came across... Dick Cheney's friend and Dick Cheney's friend used to run the he used to have a huge aluminium plants all over America and the FDA basically um, are the food standard agency in in, in America or yeah, the food and drug administration yeah and so basically one of the one of Bush's and Cheney's friends had thousands upon thousands of millions of tons of aspartame. And As a byproduct from the, his aluminium factories. Yeah. Okay. And he figured out that the aspartame tasted a bit sugary. So it tasted somewhat like sugar. Yes, so it could be used as an artificial sweetener, say. Yes. But it also, the, there was tests done on rats um, about aspartame as well. And I don't know if they were pushed or what happened, but the test proved that after putting aspartame into your body for so many months, basically it gave you multiple sclerosis or the early signs of multiple sclerosis. Okay. Which is quite scary for anybody that has seen the disease 
in action. Like, you know, it makes your loved ones like fucking dummies. Like, um, I know that they are, don't, don't get me wrong, as in the people are there deep down, but they can't express what yeah, they're you, trying to express. I, I, I don't think you have to state how bad yeah, I know, multiple but anyway, is. It's fucking awful. So, so. Then I noticed that none of the zeros were sold in England. When you say zeros, the like Coke Zero or no? I'm sorry, or... it was a, it was in Belgium. None of the Coke Zeros or Seven Up Zeros were sold in Belgium. Okay, and I was like, right, why is that? Um, so the EU basically made aspartame illegal in all soft drinks, um, but the Irish government didn't make it legal. Okay, so I don't know if where if the Irish are. Uh, a part of this or they aren't part of this or like if it's a big experiment or if it's not a big experiment but it's, it's yet to be deciphered or figured out so fluoride is proven to be a duller of your senses yeah it's a neurotoxin I believe yeah. and uh, it's used in in most prisons across the world to, to to bring down the aggressiveness of the people in prison really? this is what I was I was I was uh, what was explained to me. So it'll be five or six times what is in our water now would be in a prison, for example. Five or six times the dosage of fluoride in the water. Okay. Um, to to make sure that if they do get aggressive, that they can only get so aggressive. They okay. Don't get, it limits their spike in adrenaline or whatever. I don't know. I I'm not sure either. But when I heard about this, and then. When I heard about a man actually putting in the systems to fluoridate the water, and then another man that had also put in the systems to fluoridate the water, and he said it wasn't it wasn't actually uh, measured. And this is a guy that would have been my boss for two or three years. Sorry, what wasn't measured? Now? The fluoride. Levels of fluoride. He made in the water. fluoride going into the water. Okay, into the water system. So if you're not measuring a neurotoxin going into a societal water system and then the TDs vote against defluoridating all the water as in 127 to 52 four or five years ago obviously there's a bit of something going on there that's that's just my opinion on it okay. you know, as in I don't fluoridate as in any of the fluoride in my water I filter it out with reverse osmosis Okay. I've only got my parents in the past three years to start drinking reverse osmosis. So reverse osmosis is five stages of filtering. So it's all done with uh, it's all micron or fiber filters basically, um, and it deodorizes the water as well. So there's no chemical taste of the water when you use RO. You're taking all the badness and all the goodness out of the water, but there's no real badness as in fluoride based if you boil water this is a good one if you boil water you increase the fluoride in it by 400% how do you do that? because fluoride is the type of neurotoxin basically that once it's heat by a certain degree it just explodes 400 times more than it should and then every time we drink a cup of tea with 400% fluoride in it it's obviously dulling your own senses and your own thought-making abilities to a point. Okay. But again, it's all relative, as in 
with your IQ or with with you as a person how it's going to hurt you or not hurt you um, as a whole. So my mum, as as I said earlier on, she's a great. She had a great title way back in the day. I asked her a few years ago, why did they put fluoride in the water and why did they put it in the toothpaste? And she goes, oh, to keep your teeth right. But again, if you if you look a bit deeper into that, that's not true. But are you jumping to this is a conspiracy? conspiracy it's not a conspiracy. Level. It can be a conspiracy theory if it's true. No, like no, no I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's not a conspiracy theory. I'm just trying to figure out wh- what it is that you think. I mean, do you think that the Irish government is intentionally loading us with fluoride? Oh, indeed, to dumb yeah, us all yeah down? indeed, yeah. I, I do actually think that because if if you have a vote and you're paid a hundred and eighty thousand a year to be one of them voters and then a TD that runs our country, and you vote to not allow a population to be clean and fresh as in no neurotoxin involved and you vote against that obviously you don't want the status quo to change you want the status quo to stay the same yes but I think that's kind of simplified a little bit because I think a lot of the time when TDs are voting on different things for the most part they probably don't really know the ins and outs of what exactly they're voting on so it could be put to them look we can keep things the way they are or we can massively reduce the fluoride in the water, but it'll cost a hundred million, or whatever the fuck it costs. You know, I'm just plucking mm. numbers out of my head. And they say, "Well, look, no one's really complaining about it. We could do it to hundred million somewhere else, so, so they don't vote for it. They're so, not. They're not in on it. It's not a yeah." So when Andy Kenny was in power, and he was a a, a Taoiseach for about what isn't it a Taoiseach? Or yeah, yeah, Taoiseach. Yeah, head of the Parliament. The government at the time spent ten million on a on a an nanoparticle filtration system for Dollar. Okay. So why do they need to spend ten million on a nanoparticle filtration system for Dollar, but the population is fine to have neurotoxin put in their water? Fuck! Look, I don't know. But th- th- that's just that's just what I'm what I've learned. Little, well, listen, opinion. This is my opinion on it. Yeah. Like, you know, so but your, my your, opinion is like my asshole. It doesn't matter. Fuck yeah, but your, opi- hear. your opinion is based on where you're getting your information <coughs> from to a large degree. Agreed, agreed. And I'm just wondering where you're getting your information from. Snippets. I've always gotten snippets from here, there and everywhere. We, 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 we do that. But I mean, the, the two things that I'd, I'd like to question are, not to even question, but two things that don't sound right is that A, they would spend 10 million on a filtration, a water filtration system. I, I would find that somewhat unlikely. Mm. Um, the second one then is in relation to the prison service putting extra fluoride into the water I would have just assumed the prisons were just on mains water no if they're extra fluoridated so um, a crowd in Navin a crowd in Navin um, when I was looking for work a few years ago there was one guy in Navin there that wanted to find a guy that was going to be three electricians in one so he was going to be the draftsman, as in, he'll draw up the plan for the system. He was also going to be the installer, so he built all the containment for the system. He was also going to be the cable runner to run all the cables and terminate the whole system. Okay. So, so one guy in Avon wanted to pay one electrician to do three electrician jobs, and I was like, "Yeah, that's, sorry, mate, what you're asking is a three-man job, and what you want to pay is a one-man wage." So. I can't help you. 
same guy he's still in business now doing the exact same thing um, but the exact same thing is building systems stainless steel systems for the introduction of fluoride into the system okay so this has been going on five or six years but let, let's say hypothetically because I, I don't know let's say the prison system is doing that okay they're, they, they've got these systems and they're injecting extra fluoride into the water right? mm. let, let's say that's true okay who else would be doing it? I mean, this guy in Navin who's selling these systems isn't just selling them. He's to selling the to county councils. Okay, so it's a it's a, a it's a county council thing that he's working on behalf of the county council to give them exactly what they're asking for with a water system for X amount of people. Let me say two hundred two hundred fifty thousand people. Okay, but you said specifically there, and it's, stop me if I'm wrong here, but that this system that he had was putting even more fluoride in. No, it, it was a system that was set up... To put fluoride in. To put fluoride in. Oh, yeah, well, the fluoride is in a water. It's getting there somehow, so it would yeah. make sense that there's a business selling yeah. the thing. So I'd only met job. this guy... This I'd only met this guy years after I was told, as in by one of my bosses, that they just pour the fluoride into the system and don't measure it. And this would have been a guy... That, this guy, he built a 5,000 square foot house off his own back, not mortgage obviously, um, he has put together some of the biggest systems I've known or I've seen in my life. Like, um, I've seen some big ass fucking systems. Like, I've seen stuff like containers, 40 foot containers. Like, one example would be Kiljarm 1 to 9 that I did with him. It was two forty foot Two forty foot containers doubled, so it was a two fo- double forty foot container and a double forty foot container, and it was called a skid. And we were heating up a product to three hundred degrees, and then there were seven different ways that same product could go through pipework. Okay, so there wasn't one one way that, and then it was stuck in the pipework. There were seven different ways that 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 substance that was heated up really hot could be dissipated from the big huge vessel system. No idea what it was for. Obviously, kill germ one, kill germ nineteen. They're the same thing, but there's nineteen of them. Do you know what I mean? So there's no, all. You, you've, you've lost me there. Now, like Sorry. that's that. That was like one pro, one 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 job I would have done. We'll say way back ten years ago. Okay, and that's what what its name was on the the heading of the of the the we'd say document for building this this big huge skid was Kiljarm 1 okay and that was the the designated name for it but what I'm getting at is when you see giant big corporations building stuff like this and then shipping it to England or shipping it wherever there's obviously money in the big corporation for them for doing that and not talking about it do you know so obviously this the fluoride system is a, in my opinion, is a control thing. But okay. again, the proof, I can't say I, I know of any proof. Does, does that make sense? I, I know it's there. And I know I filter it out of my own water. But I don't know about anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to speak about, I'm not speaking about everybody. I'm just speaking about my own personal thought about fluoride. And it is, as you said, a neurotoxin. And it is put into water supplies across the board and our government did vote to keep it in a water supplies a number of years ago when it could have been voted out and so uh, the the one TD that I, I kind of 
I I actually quite enjoy I enjoy when he goes goes at it, like you know because he's he's really well spoken Irish and English and like Pat or Toby like very impressive like but he was one of them that actually voted against fluoridating our water supply so like he's very there's no flies on him there's no flies on any of these guys and they know what they're saying and when they're saying to what percentage of a population so they know as they uh, as you've said they know how to make their own bed and lie in it in a way that they're only annoying a certain amount of people in certain areas but they can't annoy everybody across the bat because then the system falls apart I know what you mean at least I think I know what you mean Um, when you say you get your I asked you a minute ago where do you get your information from and you said you kind of draw it from bits of everywhere I'm, I'm a bit like that but I have certain rules with where I get my information from. Yeah. And the the first one is that I, I know where it is. So I'll often, people will often say things to me or send me stuff on message or whatever. And I'll have a look at it and I'll go, Jesus. And I, I, I'll, I'll ask, them, where, where did you get this? Mm. And the answer will be something along the lines of the internet. Mm. And it's like, you can't That's be just getting way. your information from the internet. And I'm, I'm curious as to, can you be more specific where you would generally get your information from? Or is that something that you would be at the fore of your mind? Because you, I could pull up a website that goes that would explain in detail how safe fluoride is, and I could pull up another website that says how dangerous it is. Yeah. Um, again, it's all like in my opinion, it's all up in the air. As in, if you want to know that these things are happening, you want to delve deep. Do you really want them answers? That's that's the whole thing about this as well like you know isn't how deep you be going this will determine how well or how badly your day goes does do you know the more more knowledge is not always more answers more or more information is not always more answers it can it's generally you, more questions yeah <laughs> and the more we question something the better we become as a whole and if you know that certain people are not in it for the bettering of humanity and are in it for greed, well, then then people don't deserve their position. It's untenable, in my, my, my I opinion. I agree completely. Um, but how how exactly are we going to... How exactly are we going to, to take... You, you actually talked about Donald Trump and about McGregor and... and the lads that actually use the system to benefit themselves. Yeah, they hijack the machinery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how are we going to hijack the machinery to make the people that run our institutions and run our countries into account? Because none of them have ever been accountable for anything they've well, said or done. Well, my my effort in relation to to in my effort in relation to what you're talking about is what I'm doing here. Yeah. It's talking you, to people who know about different things and can explain them to me and therefore everybody who's listening. Mm. So I'm not going to take what you say... As face value. I want, not in relation to fluoride. Yeah, no. In no, relation I to electricity going through a substation. Fucking Sean Hosey's my man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's your area of expertise. But I happen to know a guy who's the head... I think he's the head of Irish Water... I don't know if it's nationally. I think he might be. He might be the top man in Irish water in Leinster. But to get him to talk to you on this and tell the real answers would be. Would that ever happen? Well, it, it depends on what you mean by real answers, because like, I'm sure the real he answer has is a, like 
as in I know of a man in Navin that's made a huge amount of money over fluoridating a water supply more or fluoridating a well, water why do you supply. say more is it not just fluoridating the water supply but if you don't if you don't if you don't measure what you do as in if you don't so we say you're mixing you're mixing cement right and you just say say to yourself right I'm going to go with four cement and I'm going to go with two sand and yeah, fuck you the make water. A I'm not, the fuck, I'm not even right. putting in water. Fuck it. I don't need water. More to say, fuck that. I don't need that either. Just do it dry. You build your wall. Wind comes along, blows it over. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Maybe I should have put a wall in there. But I'm you see, what, what's coming to mind now is this system that they don't measure the water in as you put... Don't measure, measure the, fluoride. the fluoride. that they put in. What I'm, what I'm wondering is... Is it the same as when you're putting in petrol into your car? You don't really pay attention to the amount of litres you're putting in because it doesn't really matter if you put in, put in 10 or 100. The engine takes in what it needs. Mm. Mm. And I'm wondering, is that what's happening with the fluoride? They don't measure the amount of fluoride that's going into the system because they don't need to. The, the system is made so that it so the, puts out so a certain a, a amount of So a car needs a fuel source um, to run, as in diesel is a fuel source. Yeah. Our bodies need water to run. Yes. The water is tainted. Oh, I, I Not by our you. choice. Yeah. Not by any of our choices. No, I'm with you, but I, I think it's tainted to a measurable degree. Okay. I think there's the same amount of fluoride in my tap as as in your tap, within reason. Yeah. Um, Which would suggest that it is a known measurement of fluoride they're putting into the water. In the why, is it, why is it that... No European country is fluoridating their their own water supply. Oh, look, I'm not pro fluoride. No, no, I'm not, like, like there's a reason why. You know, but do you, do you think that let's say hypothetically um, Finland doesn't put fluoride in the water? I have no idea if they do or not. Yeah, let's say they don't. Hmm. Do you think that's a contributing factor why Finnish people, for example, aren't as dumbed down as Irish people? Oh yeah. So it's do, like, you, uh, do you think we're our more society down? has been built on? And Aji's just have another one for the road. Let's have another one for the road. As in, my dad, he would have swore by the most misses he ever made was in the pub. As in, he would have swore, but he would have been a drinker all his life. That's his own choice. Like. Yeah, well, he was right. The mo- he made all his money in the pub because that's where he was. Yeah. If he was always on the golf course, that's he would where say he that's made. where he would have made his money. Yeah. Like. But again, it's all, it's all relative. Like, um, uh, I'm not saying that what they're doing is right or wrong I'm just saying that I don't think my opinion is I don't think it should be that way okay so so we were talking earlier on about why would you change the system that puts you in power yes because it's the right thing to do yes so if you have a moral compass at all and you have children and you want better your children like you we're, don't at, get, we're you at don't a point in politics. life <laughs> yeah but we're at a point in life right where within the next 20 years we ain't gonna have any few left as in, there ain't going to be enough fuel to dig up anymore. Do you get that? So, uh, peak yes, oil... Yes and no. And peak oil is to, to 2012. We can't get any more oil out of the ground. Yes, but and again, I'm not pro or anti. I don't really have a position in this. But people have been saying that we're going to run out of oil in the next five to ten years for the last 60 years. Mm. But, again, that's one thing. One thing that they're talking about, as in the fuel source. So, lithium-ion. Right, the batteries, yeah, right? yeah, the best source of battery 
supply or lithium ion phosphate the or whatever you want. The best raw material. Well, yeah. Best raw material. How much lithium ion is there in the world? Fuck, I've no idea. Three billion. Enough to do three billion cars. How many people are on the earth? Oh, I suppose it's seven billion, six, seven Something billion. Something like that. So obviously, the ratio of what we have to what we need isn't but there. I, I, don't, I don't think what we have is known, though. We don't know what we have. Right, so lithium-ion is dug out of mines and it's not me or you that dig it. And it's no. not like the likes of QME or, or Tara Mines that dig it. It's fucking kids, 8 to 12-year-olds, that dig it. Okay. So the mining structure in Africa is 60 to 70 years behind where the mining structure is in any first-world country. Yes, I'd rather believe it. But again, the lithium-ion that Tesla need for every one of their vehicles is coming from their mines. Yes. So, therefore, the man that's trying to produce the most uh, economical car in the world is using unsustainable sources to power his batteries because he doesn't have a choice. He has to use whoever has it to produce the battery bank to be able to produce the car. Yes. To so, the extent, he tried to fucking organise a coup in Bolivia, Elon Musk. Oh. I, That's uh, well documented. He he was pulled up on it. Somebody okay. on Twitter basically said, um, what the fuck are you doing in Bolivia trying to overthrow the government? That You're only doing that so you can get your hands on the fucking lithium-ion, you prick. And his reply publicly on Twitter was, we'll coup wherever we want. Hmm. So I'm, 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 I'm on board with his flamethrowers, right? He, he was trying to set up a boring company in, in Los Angeles to get rid of the traffic. Yeah, yeah, so that's ongoing, traffic. I think, yeah. Um, and he set up uh, set up flamethrowers and once off build 10,000 build, 10, of these flamethrowers built and you can stick in a propane tank into the bottom and fucking shoot flames 30 foot in the air. Happy days. Everybody wanted a fucking flamethrower. I wanted one. Everybody wanted one. But then the lads that bought the flamethrowers went back to their own countries. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is a brilliant one, right? I already read this there the other day. Of, uh, where did I read it? Just give me a second and I'll tell you where I read it. Ripped, or something along them lines, right? And okay. It, it went, G-R-I-P-T, that's yeah, that Irish uh, publication. Yeah, or it was, a, it, was, it was some sort of, of website that was explaining... It was like a Reddit that, right, this one guy brought his flamethrower in his backpack um, through customs in America, no problem. Got totally out in the party, out in the boat, happy out. Fucking cruiser comes along with loads of fucking cops on it, all kitted out with the big guns. Jumps onto the airboat, takes the flamethrower, puts your man in jail for 10 years. Okay. Uh, flamethrowers are illegal in Italy. Right. So your man's in jail now because he bought a flamethrower of Elon Musk thinking that he could get away with travelling from A to B with said flamethrower but anybody (laughs) like me or you that's going to buy a flamethrower is going to go right I'm going to get my flamethrower to Navin how the fuck am I going to get to there without actually touching it (laughs) you know that's the way I'd be thinking like because you're not going to be able to bring something like that into any country without setting up huge red flags straight away 
Like it's a fucking flamethrower, man. Like you know, no matter what you say, you've still got something that can kill somebody by burning them alive. Yeah, Do you yeah. know, and there's a lot to be said for controlling weapons of ma- weapons. Of, yeah, weapons of, full stop. Like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, back to Elon Musk and back to to lithium ion. Don't know enough about lithium ion. I know that there's only enough for three billion cars in the world, roughly. Okay. Um, so again, the big push for to get onto this lithium ion car, lithium ion Tesla car, or whatever. It's kind of, it's a race, a race to the, a race to the bottom, in my opinion, because the batteries only last between twelve and fifteen years. So, if you pay forty grand for a Tesla car, for example, and you're saving three grand a year, three and a half or four grand a year, because you're not paying tax and you're not paying diesel or petrol costs, your charge costs you three euro a night, something ridiculous, or two euro a night. Um, you still can never get by or you can only get by the point of payment after year 14 year 13 or year 14 and then you have to replace the battery bank on year 15 which is essentially a new car yeah so the battery bank actually costs more than the overall car the battery bank is like 20, 25 thousand euro and the whole car costs 20 thousand euro on top of that and so it's 45 to 50 thousand euro for the actually build the oak, but he's selling them at forty thousand euro to try and get it out there. And like the likes of me, we'll see a Tesla and go, "Fuck yeah, I want me in a Tesla." Like you know, it's in it's one of them things that when we see something and then we get to drive it, and then we realize how much G force you get from driving it. Oh, yeah, the performance of them is off the charts. Oh, yeah. completely. Like I drove from the roundabout at Mullaboy there. There's a roundabout just at Apple Green and Mullaboy to that roundabout just beside the M3. And my God, my heart was in my mouth um, by the time I was at the roundabout because I was doing 95 mile an hour and it didn't feel like I was doing 20. Do you know, as in the amount of acceleration I had, like as in the the paddy wagon or the children wagon that I have outside with seven seats in it takes like 16 to 18 seconds to get from 0 to 60. Whereas <laughs> this thing did it in like two and a half or three. and It's just like, it's a different world but again, unless you're in that big turnover, big money environment, you're never going to want to fork out or you're never going to want to bend over to, to be able to afford one. Like, Yeah, well, I think the, the reason people buy luxury vehicles like that and, and, and other things is because they're so unhappy kind of with themselves. Okay. Like you're you're buying a better you're be, you're buying a better version of yourself. Okay. So your your Sean Hosey your 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 spectrum of experiences let's say not to ten five is normal zero was suicidal ten is the best day you've yeah. ever had. Let's say you're you're hovering around a six or a seven for the most part you know fingers crossed. You buy a Tesla and you go from hovering around to six or seven to eight or to, nine. To eight or nine. Yeah. Now that's false and it's bullshit yeah. and it'll. But again, it's it's. In that moment, though, it's not false and bullshit because you feel that emotion yourself. You do. It's short. It's short lived. Yeah, but you do feel. You it, do yeah. feel it. Yeah. It doesn't. It put it this way. It doesn't last the length of time it takes to pay it back. <laughs> Here's a great one. <laughs> Thirteen or fourteen years ago, I would have. I used to love going every Friday and going and buying a new pair of jeans and new shirt and you know doing myself, dicking myself up for the Friday night or Saturday session, like you know. Yeah. yeah. Two or three hundred quid I'd spend in in a sitting like you know just on buying fancy clothes that I thought I needed 
to dicky myself up for the se- session and then I met my wife and it obviously wasn't my wife when I met her first. Yeah, yeah. It was at Gary Lyons's brother's 21st, right? Okay. And so I was still an alcoholic at this time. I was only young. I didn't know you were an alcoholic, by the way, just in case I didn't oh, like, get that across. Yeah, I didn't didn't go through any treatment as such, Like, but if I go at the bottle, I don't stop until the bottle's gone. Sort of. Yeah, yeah. As in, I'll tell, I, I can't drink anymore or... I end up falling over and smashing the bottle sort of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, so yeah. the last episode would have been two and a half months ago and she says, you can throw that half a bottle on the ground and let me watch it. And you have to watch it and let me watch it. So you aren't drinking anymore. Because it was after, say, getting a free bottle of whiskey off a fella I gave a lend of a ladder to and it was like, happy days, it's Christmas, I should drink the bottle of whiskey. And then I said, ah, fuck it, it's Christmas again, another bottle. Went to got another bottle and then went through that that second bottle this was over a week or a week and a half and then I got a third bottle got halfway through the third bottle and she pulls me and goes um, yeah you're going to have to stop now and I go yeah well I'm only tipping though like you know in, I'm not fucking and she goes it's enough now like, you know it really is enough I don't want to I'm not going to spend my life with an alcoholic um, and I go yeah well look at it, it's down to you that made me the strong man that I am today and I, well, it is like um, so Years and years ago, when I was still working for my dad, 2007, 2008, fucking donkeys years ago, I used to go on the sesh Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I'd have a few, few points on Wednesday, a few points on Thursday, a few points at four o'clock on a Friday, and then carry on on the Friday night. And then I'd get up, or if I'm still out on the Saturday morning, get up, wait, I don't have to do it today, at it again. And that went on for a good few years. And um, my first child was born. I'll never forget her telling me my first child was going to be born. I was like, didn't know how to take it. And I was standing in between the door of my house and she was inside the door. When she was telling you she was pregnant? Yeah. Okay. And this was me, didn't love kids at the time, didn't barely understood them. Like, I was like, I looked at her and I, I looked at the door. I said, I'm going to the fucking pub. And I slammed the door, jumped in the van, and off to the pub. Um, and that's the way I dealt with the problem. As in, I drink it to a point, then I get up the next day and face it head on. Does that make sense? As in, just yeah. keep on going, keep on going. If you're on the fucking way, get out of me fucking way, I'm going that way. Do you know, that was me, me, mo- me mode of stopping you interfering with what I'm trying to do because I'm going there. So you're just, just, just go that way. Right. I'm good now. Do you know? And that's that was the way I thought life was supposed to be. It doesn't matter how much you do, how much you drink. As long as you get up the next day, push on, then you can do it again. It doesn't matter. Once you're, once you're in that loop and you're going and going and going, you can't go wrong. Once you're moving forward. Yeah. Head down and move forward. Yeah, keep Even going. Even if it's keep in the wrong direction. It doesn't matter. You're still going. You're still going. Like, But that's that's what I, I, I was shown or I seen and I, I viewed all my life. And so it got to a point where she says, uh, you've got three months. And I go, what do you mean? And she goes, you've got three months to pull your fucking finger out of your hole and give up the gargle or me and your son are gone and you won't see us for love no money. And I go, well, you can't be that harsh. Like, you know, he is my son. And she goes, I'll give you visiting rights, no problem. We won't even go through court. That won't be the problem. But you're not being an alcoholic around him. And I go, 
Okay. That's fair enough. So it took me two or three months of drinking like a fucking fish to realise that it's no good for me. It's definitely no good for my family. I don't have a family. So this would have been in April, we'll say, of fucking way back, like 2008. So that's, what, 13 years ago? <coughs> um, and I got to about June, and I got to... I got to a point where I was still drinking, but I was doing really stupid shit. Like, as in, at 12 o'clock at night, on a Thursday night, I'd be getting out of the bed to go for a piss in the toilet. But instead of getting to the toilet, I'd end up at the front door, and I'd be pissing on the front door. Right. And that was like, that didn't just happen. Like, the next day, I I, I wouldn't be able to remember. And she'd go, you fucking did it again. Like... She'd, she'd actually be aggressive about me after making the mistake and sleepwalking and pissing in the back door because I was that intoxicated and couldn't see the wood from the trees. <coughs> so after that point, after one of them instances, I said, right, I'll just knock it out of me and cut it out. And I tried to, and I got fairly far. And then I fell off the wagon a couple of times. Um, I'm realised in falling off the wagon that I'm only human and I can only do I can only achieve what I'm allowed what I allow myself to achieve so if I'm not drinking for a week and then I, I walk home I walk in me, me back door and there's, everybody's drinking in the house it's like yeah I'll have me one of those do you know as in that's what you are what you've done and what you want to be. The problem always was that after I cut it out, it was like every time I seen someone doing it, I wanted to be part of it because I felt like I was missing something. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, of course. But what I was actually doing was I'd be with them for the first drink or half a drink, and then I'd go back into myself. Does that make sense? As in, it wasn't... It wasn't... I was nearly convincing myself that it was because of the company is why I was drinking. Yes. But it wasn't. It was because of the drinking, that's why I needed the company. Yeah, yeah. The, See, the company was a ruse for your drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was nearly cover until I made the realisation that this is definitely fucking wrong. Like, and at know. what point did you realise that you actually had a problem? Because the, the old adage with alcohols is that they'll, you know, they might need two bottles of fucking whiskey a day to survive, but they'll tell you they don't have a problem. Like, did you appreciate that you had a drinking problem? Or yeah, did you I just did. Think she I, did I did, I did, I um, did. The, the way um, Tony Webster actually said to me one day, I bumped into him a good few years ago, ten years ago, and uh, Tony uh, is a trained psychologist now. Mm. So very fucking interesting. Like, you know, you're always going to have an interesting conversation with a psychologist. And he goes to me, um, yeah, Sean, it's not a problem when everybody's doing it, though, is it? Sorry, what was that? He- not a problem when everybody else is doing it. Okay. So so way back, everybody that I would have hung around with. Yeah, we were all in the same We were all, like, like, as in beef, I hung around with him for a little bit. Past guest and friend Baz, of the show. Um, he wired in here, didn't he? Like, like, like it, it, they're all part of it. Like, you know, as in they all had parts in my life. Yeah, um, yeah. As such, to to lead me on to be who I am now. Um, but I'm not struggling now with what I was struggling with then. Does that make sense? Now yes. my struggle is, it's slightly different. It's in, is my gut feeling completely right about this person that I've just met? Or is my gut feeling 
telling me just to be wary of what their motive is for asking to do that. Okay. You know, as in, if their motivation is right and my motivation towards them is right, then everything is good. But if I can see, like, before Christmas, price the job, um, right, it was three kilowatts on a roof, someone was already after doing it, he was after paying your man 900 quid to put the three kilowatts, so there's 12 panels on a roof and screw everything down. And I was doing a, doing the, a meeting with him on a Wednesday, or sorry, on a Friday, and he wanted the work done when, on a Monday. And I was getting a tooth out on a Monday. And I said to him, uh, yeah, yeah, no problem. Um, I'd love to do the, this bit of work for you. Yeah, and he goes, okay, um, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to ring you on a Monday and ask you to start on a Tuesday, ever. And I go, oh, that's great, yeah. Um, and so uh, when can you start? And I go, uh, Tuesday? He goes, any chance you can start Monday? <laughs> like he had already gone back over his own word yes within five or five or six minutes of saying it but he hadn't realised because he was so busy talking about himself and saying hey, look at me that uh, he hadn't realised he had done it but and that's broke, all he needed he to hear his promise yeah in two minutes of before, he, before he we even had 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 a proper business meeting yeah and then his his manager that was going to be my boss as such because his manager was going to be in charge of the, the PV installations, turns around and says, oh, no, he's right about that. And so the point I was making to him was it's not... Think about this. Think about a start on Friday and then starting on Monday. It's planning the Friday to start in two weeks because you have to get this piece of paper and that piece of paper and send that off to the ESB. And then the ESB only give you the power-up notification 28 days after they get so, for you to put in a system and then the next day actually have it certified and powered up, yeah, it can't happen. It can't happen, like, yeah. Because the stipulation says that the ESB, that's the biggest private um, company that runs our power, or the DSN in Ireland, um, they need notification and want notification if they're going to have spikes in their lines. As in, yeah. if you're pumping power in and they don't know you're pumping in power even though it might only be, like, minuscule compared to their big grid, it still makes a huge difference in where on their grid. So if you're, if you're pushing into their grid without, their, without, without notification to them, you're effectively hurting what everybody uses on a daily basis and takes for granted. And that gives them the power to be able to cut you out forever. Yes. As in, they, they don't even have to say why. They can just say, that man will never get an ESB supply again. You know, and that's that's just it, like, you know. Um, <coughs> I was uh, doing a bit of research about ESB years ago, and it was 140 million in 2016 they turned over clean profit. Okay. So, if they were paying per consumption, as in per generation... That 140 million wouldn't be 140 million if they're paying for the people generation contributing to the to the to the grid. To the grid, okay. So they do pay to, for people contributing, do they not? Though, excuse me, do they not pay for if you're contributing to the grid, you get paid for that? No, you're not at all. No, you well, just have the ability to cancel out. 
Okay. Well, okay. So whatever you would use. So for example, today I might use 25 kilowatts in my house unit. Yes. But then I'll generate 10 kilowatts off my roof. Yes. So I'm only charged for the 15 kilowatts. Yes. Okay. But the the problem being that what it should be is if I produce 10 kilowatts on my roof, then I should be paid for them 10 kilowatts. And then use that should, money to pay your ESB bill. Yeah. They should be charging me for the 25 kilowatts. But again, at that rate, the number that you're getting for, for generating electricity should be higher. Okay. In my, this is my opinion. Again, yeah. should be higher than what you're paying for electricity. Because if you're paying higher than what you're generating, what's the point? I know what you mean, yeah. Do you, do you get me, yeah? No, I think so, yeah. yeah. So, but again, you're only, you're only a bit player. I can see how they could justify it because they say, yeah, like... They would say you can't compare what you give us to what we give the entire yeah, it's, country. Yeah, it's not. It's not even remotely comparable. So what I generate a year might be 3,000 kilowatts. What I use a year is upwards of 11 to 12,000 kilowatts. Yeah. So, like, even in that, they're giving me over two-thirds of what I need to to make everything run the way I want it to. Yeah. Which is fucking phenomenal, like, you know. Um, but, um, again, big companies are going to have... Um, big money and they're always going to look down on small players trying to change the modus or trying to change the way that they're being extorted or or yeah trying to change how the little person is being extorted so the smaller the system the less money you make so if I put a one kilowatt system in your roof it reduces your ESP bill by 10 or 12 percent so there's no point in ever doing that but that's what they've done for the past four or five years and all these new builds. Do, do you get me? I think so, yeah. So, yeah. like, it's like 12% of 12,000 kilowatts is fucking barely. A thousand, watts, a thousand, a thousand kilowatts. A thousand kilowatts, I mean, yeah. Or 1,500 kilowatts. And, like, 1,500 kilowatts sounds like an awful lot, but again, it's 0.8 of a cent or 10 cents per kilowatt. So fifteen hundred of them by ten, it's not that much either. It's probably only one hundred and fifty quid. Yeah, do you know? So for you to save one hundred and fifty quid will cost you two and a half grand to put the system on the roof. Yeah. Um. So obviously it'll take you one hundred and fifty quid a year. It'll take you twenty years. Yes. To roughly like, in that, and that's even being nice, like, um, to get your money back, like you know. There's a there's a theme I I think I'm noticing between all the different things that you're saying. Yeah. And the underlying theme, what, what kind of connects everything... Now, stop me from fucking wrong, I'm just talking out loud, but the theme seems to be capitalism, generally. I mean... Uh, See, I, I can't um, really talk about capitalism. I wouldn't know enough about it um, to, to talk about Well, all, all capitalism is is, <laughs> is, the, is the... System we live in. But, well, pretty much, yeah. Okay. So um, the bigger players, generally speaking, this is a gross... Uh, Analogy. Not gross misrepresentation, but it's a broad sweeping, broad sweeping generalization. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer, mm. and if the whole system is geared towards that. sending money that way and not spreading it out towards everybody else. Mm. So you, you're in agreement with that, are you? Like, I mean, is that I don't, what is that what uh, I think that's what it is. I think complaints? that's what Ireland is made up of. But again, it's not it's not geared for anybody. That's raising people for the right 
it's not geared up for people that want to raise raise their own um, the right way and without any outside influence. So schools want to have huge outside influence. Um, the way well, when you say want to have huge influence, influence, what what do you mean when you say that? As in to the, conform. The role is to, to, to get conform, you to pass the test. To conform. Oh, 100%. Jack, yeah, conformity. Like in me conforming all the past 20 years that I've worked, I've realised that in not conforming, you're more free than you could ever dream of. Yes. To, but if you to, have to, to unlearn point, conf- confirmation, as in to conform, if you have to untrain yourself to not be that way, you're lost. Whereas if you build your mind and build your body around just being the real you, don't live with fear, don't even fucking, don't even think about it. Just live for the now, enjoy the moment, build what you can, move forward. If you live that way, generally things will come because everybody can see you doing and being and, and the energy you give off. Whereas if you worry about, oh, what will he say, what will she say, what will they do? If you worry about that, you're never going to fucking... You're never going to be able to beat the fear. Yeah, you'll never be yourself. So, my my thought process for for my own... Now, this is not assholes' opinions like assholes. Everybody has one. Is I have five little children now at the minute. Eldest being nearly 13 in December. Just gone 12 in December, 13 next December. And the youngest being nine months. I want to show them everything that I know and then some and if they grasp everything I know obviously they're going to be able to learn from seeing and from doing and from having their own experiences so in that then they only have to learn about who they want in their worlds and how they want them people to be in their worlds to to build their world to a point where they know what's right whereas now, 37 years of age, um, you said it to me last week, I think it was, about the podcast. Imagine if you had heard a podcast when you were 18. And I said, I wouldn't really be able to handle it. Yeah, it wouldn't have meant anything to I would have just... But again, you're going to have that exact same problem trying to teach your kids the things that you've learned now. Yeah, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'm 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 in full agreement with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it's like a shitstorm, but once they get it, then it's done. Yeah. So no, doubt. I watched my son doing the fire, doing the fires, and pulling out the ashes and setting the fire, and he didn't want to do it. So it took him three or four minutes to do it. So I I instinctively braided him like a fucking asshole that I was, and I braided him for it. And I said, no, that's, look, it's on, we're all cold, we just want to get heat. But I didn't only realise after I'd braided him and apologised for, for being an asshole then that I did that because of the way that I had to light fires when I was 12 or 13. And when my mum was home from work at half five and she didn't have any food in her belly and I didn't have any food in my belly and we were cold and she was tired and I was tired and I still had to do homework but that whole feeling that I got it was that same feeling again like I had it had that same knot in my stomach as in if I was doing it to try and keep somebody else happy so in learning that 
in learning from that, I I actually said it to him two days after. I said, "Go out there, son, fill the coal and fill the logs, and, and see how you get on. Like, can you can you can you do it all on your own?" He goes out and full bag of forty kg coal. He looks at the bag and the bag's two foot under where he where where he needs it to be. So he has to pull the bag up. Forty kg bag now. Yeah, I'm yeah. watching him do this now. I got to help, but I chose not to. Watched him pull it up with all the strength. Pull it up. And he couldn't fill the bag into the bucket because yeah. obviously it's huge. So I walked out with a set of tongs and I go, there you go. Handed him a set of tongs and three minutes later he comes back and with a full bag or a full bucket, bucket of, of coal, full bale of pre- full thing of briquettes and a, a, a bag of sticks or a bucket of sticks as well. And I go, well played son. Fucking very proud of you. Well done. So in my life as I lived it, I wouldn't have ever gotten the well done Sean when I felt like I deserved it. Yeah. So I spent 10 or 12 years looking for that well done of whoever it was. A boss in Kildare, a fucking boss in, in London, a fucking wherever. So London would have been like 2015. I was doing two and a half apartments a day. I was making... 220 sterling a day and you think oh great money the rent was 380 sterling a week for a one bedroom apartment like absolutely ridiculous money to to be there to work yeah but what I'm getting at is the guy that I was working for basically I told him don't let the engineers in your head don't let them in your ear they'll ruin your day you won't be able to keep me and the other three guys going and keep us keep us wound and working and he's like oh, no 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 I have to listen to him. I have to listen to him. and he's like no you don't because when you listen to anybody else's opinion that's not doing with you on the ground opinions we know they're like assholes and they just fuck up shit because they don't know what's real and what's not and what's there and what isn't and in that same process he ignored me right so he ignored me flat out fucking let the engineers into his head and letting them into his ears. The next day, I walked onto the job and he was actually patting a 45-year-old in the back and saying, fucking thanks for that, man. Terminating a big, huge, a big, huge joint box, right? We'll say with eight or ten tails in it. 25 square tails, so it's a tenth, a tenth bigger, um, yeah, a tenth bigger than a house supply. So it's just slightly bigger than a 16 square cable. And he eight of these tails were five five cables and eight tails. So it's 40 cables have to be joined together in five with five five connections. Okay. And uh, your man tapped him on, as in the boss tapped him on the back. The fellow he was out to tell him not to let the engineers in his ear. And then I looked at it and I go, whoa. And I said, Matt, you just look at that again. And he goes, oh, yeah. Fuck. And I go, yeah, right here, I'll cross them down here, and you bell here. So I ran downstairs, crossed them, and I go, rang him on the phone and said, yeah, bell him. He goes, fuck. And I go, do you want to do the next one? So there's, there's supposed to be five tails that are, they aren't belling across each other. They can't bell across each other. If they bell across each other, that means it's a... <laughs> 
like one hot spot is in the copper will melt together because it's not supposed to touch the both phases are not supposed to touch three phase systems if one of the three phases ever touches another one it's like an explosion just because okay. the amount of power surging across it's there, it's leading, lagging, and fucking another one. So there's three, three ways that the current flows in 120 degrees, and they're all slightly different. But anyway, <coughs> what I'm getting at is the boss that had his head twisted because the engineers did not see that the 40 tails were all fucking mixed up wrong because he couldn't see the wood from the trees because the engineers were in his ear and he was thinking about a job over here and a job over here instead of now that was this job. So the man that was out to spend two days wiring the f- fucking 40, ca- 40 tails and the, the five cables together was after doing an ass ways and was all wrong and it had to be redone. The guy still had to be paid for his two days. Yes. And then someone had to be paid for another day to fix it. Yes. So that's three days paid for three days paid for two different guys to fix one man one man's problem so if you price a job for just two days alone with one guy and it's £300 for that day how do you price that same job for three days and two guys doing that same work yeah of course you can't you can't so then I realised one of the English guys, oh, it's super sparky. <laughs> That's what he says to me in the stairway one day, skinny bastard. And I was like, fuck me, what are you fucking on about? I went down and I go, um, sorry, buddy, you look at your sparky there. Why, what money are you making on your price? I don't know, mate, why not price? Why not time materials? Out of the whole site, 5,000 lads. We were the only company on price. Why was that? It's, Boys, the the top tiers must have seen my boss coming as such. Fucking hell! It's just is what it is, like yeah. You know? yeah. But uh, like again, capitalistic capitalistic society eats your fucking heart out. Like you know, they'll twist your brain when they have you twisted. Then they'll take full advantage, and then when they see you can pull them on them trying to twist you they'll fuck you to the curb. And there's no other way to explain it. That's just the way it's set up from, from day one. If you give them the wrong answer at any point, they have to throw you away. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. just the way it is because they're too afraid of your knowledge and power. I mean, for example, I was in Easton's. I got fucking given a job one, one time in Easton's. I'm not doing doing electrics for Easton's. So I would figured out that the, the fellow that hired me, his company was already dissolved. But he wanted to tell me that he had me covered. And they go, yeah? And how do you figure that one? And he goes, oh, no, I have you covered with this company. And they go, yeah, but they don't work for that company, bro. I work for uh, LK Systems. And LK Systems is resolved. And he goes, ah, oh, no, 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 no. But I have you on this this company as well. And they go, yeah. Still no good if there's a claim. I'm 25 foot in the air. I have kids to go home to. And you're telling me you don't have cover for me. You get, no, it's it's not kosher. Like, but this same guy was only only after folding three businesses inside the six months previous. Yeah, and he well, was, there are people that will thrive in this in the in system the way it is. Society, yeah, but again, that same guy had a forty percent discount in the wholesalers up in Dublin. 
Like, that's not heard of. Like, you know, as in, it took me dad, like, 30 years or 20 years to get to 30% discount. Yeah. Uh, and, like, he struggled to get to that point. And when he got to that point, he fucking loved it, like, you know? Because instead of it being 20% he was making of the materials, he was making 50% of the materials. Yes. You know, but again, that, that, that was 20 years of grafting on his end to get to that point. And there's this other guy that puts me in, in Derek Eason's, Eason's office on O'Connell Street at half six in the morning and says, I've met lads like you before. I've met lads like you before. But he hadn't. He was just trying to make sure that I was inside the box that he needed me to. Yes. And they didn't turn around to Derek Eason and say, all right, sir, do you want me to do this for me from now on? You don't have to deal with that man. Do you know? Isn't that's what he was trying to make me stop doing because he could see it that I'm well able and well capable of doing what he's asking. That wasn't a problem. He wanted a man that was going to do exactly what he said and nobody else said from morning to night and paid X amount of money. Yeah. That's just what he wanted. Same guy fucking let me go at half twelve one night. Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. Like the, certain certain people are suited to that system. Yeah. I personally couldn't let somebody just go. Do you know, do you know the kind of way I wouldn't be in me, but I can't try. Like you, you find it hard. I'd find it hard to hire someone unless I, I had it in the back of my mind that I have at least a year or two oh, years of yeah, security for them. Yeah. yeah. Because there's no point. Like I've, I've started and stopped so many times in my own life that I'm like, yeah, what's the point in, in even thinking about putting someone else in that situation? It's not, not fair. It's not kosher. It's not, but just because the, this, just because the system is set up in a certain way doesn't mean that you have to conform to oh, it. But I don't want my children to conform to it. No, no. And I don't want my children to conform to it either. Mm. But I th- I'd, I'd like to think that I'm going to raise my kids to know that A, they don't have to conform <coughs> to it. But B, more importantly almost, that it's the way it is. Mm. Do you know the kind of way like mm. you, you have to make your peace with the you mm. have to make your peace first with the fact that it is corrupt mm. and then you can try and you know move through it as best you can. Agreed. So I I have a business and up until COVID I employed people, but I'm not your standard capitalist. I didn't. No, get in I agree. The like, cheapest look, people I, I met you in Aldi what two years ago? Yeah, about that. Yeah. And like we wouldn't be sitting here if we didn't only meet for that in chance Aldi. encounter. Yeah, uh, and 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 I'm blatantly honest about anything that I see in my own life the only reason I wanted to do work for you was because of what I seen in you what I seen in Podge and what I seen in the way you were setting it up and I seen you were so driven I felt that driven years and years and years ago and I remember feeling that driven and I remember people looking at me as if to say who the fuck do you think you are it didn't matter at that time who they who they who the, the naysayers were it didn't bother me in the slightest because you were driven to do what you wanted to do. It didn't matter, like you know. That's I was only paid small money to do it at the time, but I was still driven in that direction. No, you were you were driven to do it, but what you were do you weren't comfortable in what you were doing it with hindsight. Say no, 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 no. I like, but that's the goal is to be like that. I've I've achieved it to a certain degree. Finally, yeah. I. I'm driven in something that I can stand over and I yeah, can yeah, be morally yeah. and Like solar, I thought, was going to be that for me, as in... I yeah, can clean energy for everyone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> On the lads! Yeah, Fuck the yeah, yeah, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, And, like, the one person, right, that that does have a huge, big system that I envy the system. And he rang me last week to, to fix a switch on it. Like, a tiny little thing went faulty on it. And yet, that same guy... He has more problems than me and you put together. 
but he still carries on every day. Yes. Does that make sense? As in, he could have... Like, there's plenty of lads that, if they were in his shoes, they would have given up fucking years ago. Do you know? Uh, and I wouldn't have blamed him in the slightest because it's... It's not a way to live. It's not... It's not a way to be fulfilled. You can never... You can never get fulfilment by his... His... Uh, circle. Or his his way of life. Does okay. that make sense? But that's entirely up to himself. Only certain people can do it. Do you know? And like your man, your friend Archie said it to you. That there's no way that he would be able to handle what you handled over the past five years. Okay. With with building that your uh, vertical tunnels the way they are. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Uh, I'd find it hard too. And I'm telling you that straight out, like. I can help you make it work. No problem. That's There's no onus on me. Once I'm helping you make it work, I'm not helping you build it. I'm helping you make your system work. Yes. Does that make sense? So I'm getting paid to make your system better. I'm not paid unless it works. Yes. But there's there's a fulfillment in itself. I'll only be paid when it's, finished, when it's working, when it's done. Yes. And I'm happy. But you can't live that way with the type of capitalistic people that we have around us now. Because they'll see that and they'll be like, yeah, he doesn't need to be paid. She'd be all right. Yes, but that that gets to what I was saying there a second ago about what I teach my kids. I'll teach my kids that it's, (coughs) you know, corrupt to a degree that it is. Yeah. But I'll also teach them how to... uh, not be taken advantage of. So, for example... Yeah, yeah. So, for example... As an electrician, the modus operandum is you go to a house, they're asking you to rewire the house. You disconnect the house, you pull out all the cables, gutted, you reinstall all the cables, slabbed, you power up all the cables after you terminate all the cables. Done and dusted. In that whole process, unless you have a contract signed at the start, or you know the person inside out and then you love them unconditionally or they love you unconditionally. There's no way you can trust them to pay you the eight or ten grand that you need at the end of it. Yes, but is that not built into the system that we have now whereby, okay, it's 50% up front uh, or whatever, you know, it's X percent up front and then X percent once it gets to this stage and not until this is done will I do that. I tried that a couple of times and like literally I, I was walked away from numerous amount of jobs because I tried it. Okay. So, like, I would have said that on the biggest job that I would have done personally by myself, which was 9,000 square foot and 4,000 square foot garage. I need two grand a week off you, mate. And if you don't want to pay me that, I won't do it. He says, uh, can you give me a guideline of how long it'll take you? Yeah, between three and six months. And that was that's what, what it was. And it was me and two other fellas running around a fucking big, huge fucking house, three stories or four stories of a building for two and a half months, putting in the wires, and then the slabbers come, then you follow the slabbers, dicky it all up, and then you power up, and everything's golden. You test them, power up. But again, like, again, the chances of that man handed me 40 grand on day one. No, he wouldn't, or, sh- or and shouldn't. Yeah, he shouldn't. He's afraid of you running off with so, his money, basically. Yeah, agreed. So... A mechanic says to me, ah, oh, but sure, how can you get shafted? And I go, I mean, you can't get fucking shafted anyway. 
And he goes, how do you figure that? And I go, you got the keys to the car. Yeah, yeah. See, if you could bring if you could bring someone's house to your back yeah, garden, like, and go, like, yeah, like, wire it. <laughs> like a contract is a fucking tough thing for any person to sign if they know the ins and outs of that contract. Like, yes. you know, if they're if they're any way inclined or any way intelligent at all, that they know that once that contract is signed, both ends have to meet that contract. Yes. So both ends have to hold their end entirely until the deal is done. Whereas. Right now, at the minute, from the crash in 2009 and then COVID at the start of the year, that's continuing now, there isn't, in my opinion, there isn't anybody that wants to be fair. They all want the little bit extra done for nothing. Do you know? As yeah, a mechanic yeah. that, that I was talking about earlier, I was talking to him yesterday, and I go, how are you going? And he goes, I'm too busy. And I go, well, she have three lads, three mechanics. And he goes, I need a fourth. And I go, no, you don't. You need a fucking garage manager. He was like, no, no, no. I need a mechanic. I was like, nah, you need a garage manager, mate. If you were fucking on your tools again, you'd only be doing 25 hours a week and you'd go home. But again, everybody's head has a different... If you ask a doctor, how am I going to fix this oppression? You're going to get a tablet. If you ask a doctor, if you ask a psychiatrist, how am I going to fix this oppression? They're going to say that you have to go for... You have to you have to work in your mind to be able to better yourself and you're going to have to go for five lessons. If if you ask the same thing to an army colonel, he's going to say, would you shut the fuck up and, and do 25 laps there? Do you know, as in, it depends on where you ask your questions and depending on the answer you get, it makes you determine where which way you're going and what you're trying to, what you're trying to do. Like, again, it's all, it's very opinionated. I'm very opinionated. Um, as in, I let... I've often let my own annoyance or rage ruin an entire day of me. Oh yeah, you you and me both, brother. <laughs> like, but it's like it's sad when you when you realise that the whole day has been gone because of your annoyance about something completely out of your control. Yeah, and there's nothing you can do about it. Is that I wouldn't say there's nothing you can do about it. Is as that is that decreasing with oh, age hugely, and experience? Yeah, hugely. Yeah. But again, yesterday, as I said to you earlier on, would have been a pretty shitty day. Like, you know, van blew up, or the engine blew up in the van. Printer I've been trying to buy for the past two and a half months. They just won't fucking talk back. Does that make sense? Then I'll be emailing them, emailing them. We've paid for the product on the 22nd of January and we've emailed them 12 to 15 times now at this point. Big company, Irish company, will not get back to us because all the staff are COVID distancing as in they're working from home nobody can get in touch with each other so nobody knows what's going on and because there's so many people like myself sitting at home and you sitting at home we have time to email all the time so they're absolutely fucking inundated with emails Yeah. so they can't actually can't actually get through all the emails because there's that many emails so I yesterday perfect example rang said company talking to a woman I works for some said company. He says, I need one of two things done. I either need a full refund and notification that you're going to give me a refund or I like the printer that I paid for to be delivered. So it's all I want. I don't want you to tell me that you want to get through to your accounts that you can't get through to again. Oh, but I'll give you the accounts number. And I go, I don't want your accounts number. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> your accounts will not pick up. Your accounts department will not pick up. She goes, I'm just going to put you on hold and I'm going to try the accounts department again. And I go, fine. 
waste another 15 seconds of my time. That's just fine. You're really showing me the insignificance of my value to your company. When I'm done with my 422 euro that I've given you, I will never use your company again. I did it with a different company in December. And it was just literally sick to your t- sick to my teeth of people dictating what they think is right when I'm asking for one thing and they're dictating what they think is right because they're older and because older people obviously know they're wiser when they aren't. I told the man what I wanted, told him twice. And yet, two weeks on from that point, he comes back to me and says, I know I can't order them for you. I knew they were in Drada, but he says, no, no, I can't order them for you. And then another person pipes into the conversation, that's 200 euro plus fat per fitting. I go, that's very expensive. That's what it is. And I go, okay, no problem. Then I ring a person in the dock, how much is it for two of these fittings, please? 379 euro delivered. Okay, thanks very much. Then the guy that I was dealing with rings the client that I'm trying to put the lights into. The same mechanic that I just mentioned a fucking 35 seconds ago. Same mechanic that had rang this company to say, where are the lights that he's waiting for for two weeks? He says, it's his fault. It's Sean Hosey's fault that the lights aren't here. This is a company I was paying for the pleasure of giving me materials to install the materials for a client. And he had the audacity, the man that worked behind the counter had the audacity to ring my client and tell me Tell my client it was my fault that the lights weren't on the roof. Motherfuckers. Absolute fucking, like, dirty. Dirty, like, you know, I've, I've come across nastiness in life, but then there's the next level. And literally, our little country is full of them. I, I might be one of the bastards in some I, 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 I very I very much doubt that, but one thing that is springing to mind is there's this thing with, um, it's why people do the lotto. It's because they hear about people who win the lotto and they're millionaires and it only costs them a euro and that's why they do the lotto. They don't hear about the millions of people who don't win the lotto. Hmm. So if if there was a list read out on the news every evening of all the people who didn't win the lotto, hmm. no one would fucking do it because it'd be so obvious. <laughs> yeah. And it's I think it's called the hit-miss fallacy. Okay. So you hear, about, um, you hear about these things... It's like the news. Like if if you follow, if you follow the news, you'd be forgiven <coughs> for thinking that there's a terrorist atrocity every five seconds in every yeah. corner of the fucking planet, and that the world is on fire, and it's all coming down around us. There's there's nothing to report in. Nothing happened in a market in Pakistan today, and nothing happened in this market. Like that's not news. So you remember the what are called the hits. Yeah. And I'm just curious as to what you think in relation to me turning this back on you, and saying you're only remembering. The hits, the, the bad. Well, the the hits being the bad, being the bad things in this instance. Oh. So you haven't said, "Oh, Frano, I'll tell you a story." Right? I ordered something on the Monday. It was fucking there the next day. Mm. Class. There's a good that's one, happened right? you a hundred thousand times. Adverts, adverts on Sunday, right? Yeah, I you, right. Three D printing is a little hobby of mine. There, the past ten or eleven months, three D printing is basically you heat up plastic to 200 degrees and then you tell where the plastic is being heated up to move like a motherfucker in whatever shape you want to produce a plastic item it can can be for prototyping it can be an ashtray it can be a sink strainer it can be a pipe holder a phone holder it can be a phone holder I have have my 3D printed phone holder here Um, but uh, it's hilarious that 20 years ago I would have 
looked at a machine like this and go, there's no way I'll ever be able to afford one of these bad boys. And then March comes around this year or last year and one of the boys rings me and says, um, oh, I got a present for you. And I go, fuck off. I'm only after having a baby. I don't need no presents for no babies. That's not a present for me. He goes, no, 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 Puff. It's Shove for your you. Suit up your it's, home. Not, it's no baby suits or nappies or anything. Like that. It's for you, Puff. And I go, Jesus, man. That sounds a wee bit dirty, I have to be honest. Like, you know, another man, another fully grown man giving <laughs> another fully grown man a present. Like, you know, you have to Weirdo. <laughs> call it what it is. And he goes, ah, no, no. But anyway, it turns out this fella had 25 or 26 3D printers. Like, you know, so he's after he's after using it to benefit himself and he's doing prop design and set design, huge film stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. But he goes, uh, I go out to him anyway and he goes, uh, you can have that. He goes, what? He goes, yeah, you can have that. Look, it's not a brand name, and there's a, a second one there for spares, but you learn everything you need to know, and you learn everything inside out because it's harder on this one than it is on my good ones. And I go, well, once it's going to benefit me in the long run, I'll tip away. So at that point, March of last year, I started into 3D printing. Couldn't do anything for the first fucking two or three weeks. But obviously, that's the same with everything. But once it got by... The initial few little problems when I started printing, I printed up like a Yoda. So I did. So and I printed up like a, a skull with the Celtic symbols, for example. Yeah. Um, and then a sink strainers and paper towel holders and literally, there's nothing that I can't do with it now that I I know what it is. Um, very interesting, very cost efficient. Like we're talking running costs are like maybe. 10 cents an hour okay not even maybe 6 cents an hour and then the the 1000 grams of this plastic cost 22.50 okay back door. so in a 1000 grams you could build like 15 maybe 25 of them bats the, the, the bat being the little I, I held the up little a little uh, 3D holder, printed yeah. phone holder thing you made me but uh, again it's it's relative to 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 where you want to go or what you want to do like I, I was talking about a printer yeah, I've been trying to buy one since it's out of December but again I'm not at I wanted to pay for the right product but I don't know what the right product is yet okay. does that make sense I have an idea I want a Creality S6 so this is a fully enclosed um, 300 by 300 by 400 um, that's the bed size Okay. Um, and the Z is your X and Y is your is your forward and back or your left or your yeah your forward and your left and right and your your backwards and forwards is your X and your Y and your Z is your the height vertical yeah um, so it's your height so I I know what I wanted but then Creality wouldn't allow Creality and the company that make it uh, Creality wouldn't allow it to be delivered to Ireland for any less than sixteen hundred euro so I had to spend sixteen hundred euro with Creality to get something that was 600 euro to my back door. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like, nah, that ain't happening. <laughs> <laughs> but again, dealing with this other company and buying a less, a less, the quality wouldn't be near as good as in the longevity of the printer or the software or firmware on the printer wouldn't be as good a quality as this S6 one, the newest of the new. Okay. But it'll get you from A to B. Yeah, yeah, it was it was years. state of the art fucking six months ago. Like. Yeah, it was state of the art two years ago, for right. example, and, and like it'll do what 
like the one I, I've been currently using is like three and a half years old sort of thing like so it's it, it'll be a step up but not a huge step up but I'm not trying to make a living out of it I'm trying to trying to execute a hobby into being something a little bit more than a hobby if that makes sense so yes. I, I'm trying to perfect perfect per, I'm trying to make make printing for me easy that I can show my lot, as in my kids, how to do exponential printing super easily. So when it's at a point where we're into 3D printed houses, which we're not far away from. By, yeah, by yeah I've, seen, I've seen it been done. In Germany and that with, uh, with cement like. Yeah. Um, when we're at that stage across the world, obviously the top 3D printers are always going to have something to do because everything now is computer driven like as in 20 years ago when we were leaving school it wasn't what it is today of course you know as in the same guy that gave me the printer there in March turns around and and buys a a laser cutter so the laser cutter is a photons um, it uses photons and it splits a photon basically or splits the atom with the photon ray so it's a light density ray so it's refracted and refracted and refracted and eventually it comes down to the bed and basically burns through whatever's underneath the bed or on top of the bed and like 12 15 years ago I couldn't buy a saw and an air an air blower saw for less than 100 grand I couldn't I wouldn't have been able to afford what I installed for someone yeah. if that makes sense and I was looking at it going fuck me I'll never get to here and there's one of my best mates that buys one six months ago and says, yeah, whatever you need it, fucking use away, bro. Yeah, I think I've said this to you before. We're getting to a stage whereby you'll be able to buy an MRI machine on Dundee yeah, soon. Like, you know, it that's, is. But, that's what we've gotten to, like, you know. But it's it's unheard of. But it's it's so empowering to know that we're so close to it, like, you know. As oh, in, without a doubt. Well, it, the, inter- the internet changed all that. Just completely. your access to information, like. Completely. Um there was also I was listening to you and Archie and he was on about the, the negatives of the internet and I think I could I'd be a perfect example of there's so many negatives on the internet but it's only when you know where to find the negatives that you're fucked does that make sense like if you if you're never shown where the negatives are generally you won't touch across them you won't touch across them if, you, like if you're not in, shown where they are as in Pornography on the internet okay. is on a different level. Okay. But unless you're doing something illegal or we'll say on the border, you never come across pornography on the internet. Does that make sense? Like unless well, you, can, you can be you can be innocent. Mm. So if you're if you're innocent to let's say news publications, you could get sucked. Uh, you could easily get sucked into like a right wing publication that says you know. The reason you're not doing well, Sean Hosey, is because of foreigners and because of lazy people on the social welfare and these people are the devil. Like, right-wing media outlets tend to run that narrative Mm. instead of saying, do you know what, lads? Do you have any idea how many uh, billionaires live in Ireland? And do you know how many homeless people there are? Do you realise that, you know, 95% of the wealth in Ireland is held by in a handful of people's hands? It's true, though, isn't it? Oh, no, it is. It's 100% true. But... (coughs) you could be perfectly innocent and just be reading a website and taking all this hate that's been focused on poor people, essentially, mm. whether they're foreign or not, um, 
you could be just online checking a, a, a website and you could be on it every other day of the week or once a week or whatever and you're being fed this narrative of foreigners are the devil and poor people are the devil and you end up hating poor people and foreigners. You could be a, you could be a poor migrant yourself and you but could you end up hating And that, that's what fucking happens. It yeah. genuinely does happen. It's talking that, to it. That's, that's my point being, sorry, my point being that you don't have to be doing nasty shit. You don't have to be searching for... Uh, you don't have to search for publication that hates foreigners. Mm. Do you know kind of way? You mm. could be just purely innocent, just checking out what you think is Agreed. a Agreed. I'm actually site. in full agreement with you. Um, we'll say a psychologist I was dealing with him a couple of years ago, and he explained one situation to me. He walked up to a homeless guy, and he goes, right, this guy now had no bed to sleep in this night, no dinner sorted out for this day. And he sits down on the bench, what's your biggest problem, mate? And he says to the homeless guy, and the homeless guy turns around and goes, fucking end of fucking Kenny. And the Kenny. Yeah. Okay. So, like, in this guy's mind, in this homeless guy's mind, his biggest problem wasn't getting his meal for the day or wasn't his bed for the day. It was end of fucking Kenny. And what did he mean by that? That's, like, you can spend your life fucking giving out about everybody, but the problem isn't out there. It's three fingers are back at you. Yeah. So if you want to spend your life giving out about everything else out there... Walk away, there's no one going to stop you. Yeah, yeah, you just be on your own and you'll never understand why you're on your own. Um, but you can uh, you can definitely get to caught in rabbit holes galore, man. Like, um, the internet, um, I, w- wouldn't have, I would have been a fan, as in, when I understood how to use it. But I was only computer literate from 2012 on. Okay. So... In 2008, I couldn't even fucking type my name on a computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would have never done ECDL in school. Um, because, again, I, was, I wasn't I was that way inclined. Uh, N64 or a PlayStation back then, fair enough. I'd sit in front of it all day. I won't be able to win racing or win and playing soccer, but I'd still play. Does yeah, you can sense? enjoy it. Like. Yeah, but um, I would only be computer literate from 2012 on. And that's that wasn't... That wasn't my choice. That was literally just when I got to be able to buy a computer in 2012. And then my wife showed me how to do it. Yes. As in, for, first email I ever was seanhosey at gmail. Or seanhosey2010 at gmail.com. Yeah. Do you know, and 2010 is is when it was, like, because she showed me how to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I oh, couldn't look, do that. Fair play. Like, what happens, I think, a lot of people in that circumstance is they're like, oh, look, I... I haven't had an email address for the last fucking 10 years and I'll never have one. But like fucking, mm. that was 10 years ago and you fucking have it now 10 years. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's 11 years now. 11, well, <laughs> you're older. And shout out to the fucking missus who seems to be fucking slapping you upside the head every so often and keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah, she's a good wife now, man. She's a good wife. I'd recommend it to anybody find a good wife now. <laughs> <laughs> Just not your good wife. Yeah, well, if they try, man. If they try, like... <laughs> you're, not, you're not recommending... I don't have anything everyone. to lose at this stage if to try and take my wife, though, like, you know. So I'll just put that out there, too, like, you know. Plenty of lads have it, have it in them, like, you know. But not many will have the fucking balls, like. Um, there's there's so many situations that she's put me in the straight and narrow. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. But again... We wouldn't be, I wouldn't be in the situation with her or she wouldn't be in the situation with me if both of us didn't believe in the goal that we're trying to achieve, which is healthy, happy children. Yeah, yeah. And we don't, we watch other people around us 
and making their choices and like I don't think there's a worse choice for someone than to walk away for their own when they don't have to yeah but if you choose to walk away from your own when you don't have to that's it's all in you as in years down the road when things go pear shaped you can't say oh why the fuck did that happen it's fucking on you yeah very much so like I, we talked about responsibility or or that feeling when the first child came out earlier on and this is this is nearly backing that up as in if you if you fail them by failing yourself you deserve what you get yes you don't deserve a fucking million and holiday in the Caribbean for being a cunt to the people that love you most in the world yeah they love you unconditionally you have to do the same for them there's no middle ground with that if there is an unconditional love on both sides it can't happen as in it can't be there like it, it won't work there's no way like you know um, it's really hard being in the reality of of no alcohol or no substances and being aware of anybody else around you that has hurt you or hurt people around you and you know you can't do anything about it. You can, you can take yourself out of the situation, but again, you can't stop what they are going to do or what their their thought process is allowing them to do. You can't stop it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Once you try and stop it, you're on the firing line and then you're opening yourself up to the lion as such, like, you know, as in, I only learned about lions and sheep, my personal opinion, again, you know, over the past three or four years. I'm um, sorry, can you expand on that? I think I know what you mean, but just yeah, to flesh um, it out. Yeah, so uh, a lion would be, um, I define you as a lion. Okay. So um, you'd never claw me uh, or you'd never hurt me, but you, you've, you've got that aura, the power. I'm doing this because I know I'm right. That's where, That's the way it's going. End of. Do you know, uh, you said it to me once about your mould. We're on fucking fire, man. We're on fucking fire. <laughs> I'm not going to have a fucking picnic when I'm on fucking fire. But do, do you know what I mean? As in, you were shown your heart. You were shown everything to everybody that was around you. That's You weren't holding it in and trying to, I can solve all this, I can solve... You knew you you knew you had to let it out all the time, or you weren't going to be able to get through it. Yes, but that's what lions have to do. That's what lion, lions have to pave the way. They have to say, "Well done, good job." Pat on the back to to the people that are under the lion, and a lion will generally only respect another lion after they've spent a long time together doing the same thing or trying to achieve achieve the same thing. Like there's I've spent so many there's been so many times in my life where. I've, Realised, Jesus, didn't fucking see them as for what they were until it was too late. Like you know, as in, they've <clears throat> they've twisted. The person I was dealing with, for example, at the start of the job, was one way, wasn't quite a lion, but then near the end of it, why the fuck did you do that? Do you know, as in, I don't want you to do that. I'm not paying you to do that. I'm paying you to do this. Do you know, as in, they just they just blow the head off you. Because they're paying you to get X, Y, and Z done. And if you do X and then you go to A, B, and C, you're fucking pissing them off because they're paying you for doing X, Y, and Z, not X and then A, B, and C, and then Y, and Z. 
Yes. Do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as long as we know that the lion or the person in charge or um, the 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 sheep as such, a sheep would be um, someone that would be uh, would take direction without question consistently and not fight with authority, as in go with the authoritarian or go with the, the lion all the time, as in just fall in, yeah. fall into line. Toe the line. Toe the line and just follow the leader. Um, whereas lions tend to just, they dominate. And they've dom- they dominate in capitalistic society like fucking good things. Like, you know, there's, and nearly everybody that's in business for a long period of time in, is a lion. Yeah. I think an important distinction to make here is that there's probably, if I, if I have you right, um, that there's good lions and bad oh, lions. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Like, and but, good uh, sheep uh, and again, bad sheep. Presumably. Again, uh, I know, I know of, 50 or 70 lions but I will never bring my son into any of their dens yes Does, because they're bad lions basically well they can be good they can be bad but, but they have a they've shown a propensity to yeah, be bad yeah. basically so again if you if you if you told that lion and you say I oh, know there might be a good lion today and you bring your son into that environment it's your fault that you've brought your son into that environment that he might get mauled as in not verbally or not physically mauled oh no I get you but yeah, verbally yeah, mauled it. as in you little shite you why the fuck do you do that you can't undo that yeah. once that's said to a 12 year old all he remembers is jeez that man that I love or that person that I love is after calling me a little shite that makes me so sad yeah do you know now there's another perfect one um, powerful one actually I was I was working on me Polly's one there a couple of days ago and I was struggling with my day um, and I was pushing me little my 12 year old son because so I've got a, a, I've got like five children so I've got a nine month old her name is Grania I've got a six year old her name is Aoife I've got an eight year old it's called Dara and I've got Calvin as well did I miss one? Odin <laughs> yeah I did I did I missed the three year old Odin so it's Grania Odin Aoife Dara Calvin Calvin's the eldest Grania's the smallest yeah, Grania's only a bo- Bobby but what I'm getting at is I go right go on off there and get some cardboard son um, we're digging we're, we're digging this no dig polytunnel <laughs> right <laughs> so we're digging up to put down cardboard to throw the muck on top of it basically and then start afresh with beds inside the next week or two and so he goes down to the other bin down below at my parents' house and he opens it up and he closes it up and he comes up all sombre and I'm like what's wrong son and he wouldn't tell me and then an hour or two pass and we're all sitting at the well me and Calvin and Siobhan had Grony in her arms Grony was asleep we were sitting at the table me and Calvin we were talking away and she goes what's that you to Calvin he goes um, oh I'm just worried and she goes worried about what oh um, I've seen loads of cans in the bin empty uh, drink cans like. empty empty drink cans and um, I thought granddad was after uh, hurting himself because he's after drinking that much and ah, she God. goes what do you mean and he goes oh I know the bin was collected on Thursday and it's like Monday what so, age is this lad 12 going on oh this 12 is the eldest the 12 year old ok yeah, yeah. So. cute enough like the cop Cry, something like that he was crying now he cried and I, I, I hugged him I was holding I grabbed my daughter off off Siobhan and I was holding Grania 
and he was he was super upset like and I'm how will I put I'm desensitised to alcoholism and and what alcoholics do because I've had it around me so much yeah um, so I don't feel it the way somebody that doesn't that hasn't spent time with alcoholics feels it um, so he was really upset about it and I tried to explain it to him as in right can you play football with Grandad? No. Um, have you ever played football with Grandad? No. Have you ever gone for a walk with Grandad? No. Have you ever had to sleep in Grandad's house? No. Okay. Are, is your Grandad a big part of your world? Well, not really, no. Okay. So, he loves you unconditionally. And we love you unconditionally. Okay? The only difference between him and us is that we're your parents and we want the best for you. Okay? So what he's doing right now, he's doing what's best for him. We cannot control that. I cannot control that. I'm his son. Your mom cannot control that. She's my wife. We can, cannot control... We can control being in that garden. But again, getting a mortgage to build a house somewhere else, not really viable right now with five kids. And I'm not a... I am... I'm, I can go to work, but once I, I I hint at what my past has been, the red flag is always there. Once I tell them about, yeah, I had a stroke in 2017, that's it, interview's over. Do you know, as in, there's no point, once once they know that, they don't want it on their conscience, which is fine by them. Because I've, could, I've, In all the interviews I've had, I've never told them that I haven't had a stroke <coughs> in the last number of years. I mean, <coughs> do, do you know well, I'd mean? have like, to tell them that in my... In my mind, I'd have to tell them that I had a stroke because if I didn't tell them and then it happened to me at work and I died, I'd I'd feel ultimately guilty for dropping that on them and dying on their doorstep. Okay. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you tell them that this could happen, probably won't, but there's a 1 in a 1,500 chance it could happen one day. There's a time and a place, though, because, I mean, like, I don't know, to keep... To keep things simple, like when I let's say meet someone for the first time, I don't go, "Hi, my name's Fran McKeown and just so you know, I've got worms. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I might have worms, but yeah. I'm not going to fucking tell them that until you know I know them six years and we're best friends, and yeah, then I'll yeah, tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. things you fucking hold back, and telling people you had a stroke a couple of years ago wouldn't be one for the interview. I don't think <laughs> you'll be too honest. You're on good. Shows you how much of uh, how much I I, I don't really not care about life as in care about the working life does that make sense yeah for me to do that for me to say that is nearly I'm self-sabotaging myself instead of getting the job and carrying on and then explaining I want to self-sabotage before it starts yes does that make sense yeah yeah I don't have to go through that fucking oh fucking hate this shit fuck it do you know I don't have to go through any of that um, yeah, it never but you, you don't have to go. You mightn't have to go through <coughs> any of that because of everything that you've learned. Like you're not, you're not doomed to make all the mistakes you've made in the past. You, oh, no. fucking all people, because you, you come across to me as somebody who's learned more than fucking most. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah, well, again, it's it's true and it's not true. Like, does that make sense? As in, my life experiences have a relevance in my world now. But again, if I go to fucking Spain or Portugal. It's all new. It's all started fresh. As in, I went to New York in 2000 and 
2010 or 2011 for a couple of months just to work yeah, yeah for the crack and I told a couple of lads it was a sparky and he goes yeah you're not a sparky over here and I go what do you mean he goes look the minute you see a fuse board over here you won't even understand it and I was like, I understand everything, man. I put together fucking giant 10,000 amp fucking panels, like, you know. I put in breakers fucking bigger than fucking vans, like. And he was like, no, 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 lad. You won't get this shit. And so then the first week was like, went up to the 42nd floor of the Trump Towers and the job was, go to the kitchen, rip out the subfloor. He goes, uh, I go, where's the fuse board? And he goes, oh, it's in here. And I go, well, what tools have you got? And this was the chippy I was talking to. He goes, oh, I have a bit of insulating tape. He goes, oh, you don't power down. He goes, why? And he goes, because you want to make sure that the cables are good. So you leave the power on. And I just thought, nah. <laughs> this was in my head. Like, I thought, nah, I ain't fucking wrapping up any cables and tape while they're live. That ain't happening. Like, But yet he goes, on, goes ahead of me and he does fucking eight tails. All dead live. And he's a carpenter. And he was a carpenter. Okay. And I go, all right, no bother. And he goes, right to the floor, hand me a can, go and start banging away. But like, within a week, I was moved from there and I was actually given a start with an electrical firm. And your man turns around to me in the first thing with the wallet. I would have had a similar wallet to this. And it was, it was like that, with a little clip on the outside, clip, money clip on the outside sort of thing. Okay, yeah, so a minimalist kind of wallet minimalist you're showing me there, wallet, yeah. No little flappy-outy thing. And he goes, oh, no, you don't want a wallet like that. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? Do you want me to run wires or not? And he goes, I want you to run wires, and I want you to run them as fast as you can. And do you know how to how to do this stuff? And so this, it's, like a, it's like a spiral wrap around the cable. So it's it's like that cable there wrapped around the pole. It snakes around. It snakes it. around the actual okay. single cores of the cable. And you put this thing that's about this long on it, it has a twisty thing on it. You put this thing on the side of it and you clamp it on and you twist this fella and it breaks it. Okay. But it breaks it by cutting vertical here and then you just pull it apart and pull the tail off and you twist it into a, a connector. Um, but what I'm getting at is I had to do that 150 times. Um, with this little twisty tool and there I was banging away and the sweat was just dripping off my head and two litre of water was gone and uh, next thing I I knew I go, fuck me this is hard wet and he goes uh, I went out to lunch and he go, I go fucking soaked and took my wallet out of my pocket and he just lo- lifted it up like that and just watched the drips coming out out hey, of your wallet? yeah the sweat like the notes were all saturated fuck <laughs> <laughs> so because of the humidity and I didn't obviously know this firsthand basically you don't stop sweating once you go once you're at work in New York and there's high humidity you cannot stop sweating yeah there's no amount of change of clothes three t-shirts to go through in a day two or three pairs of socks at least two to four litres of water without a shadow of a doubt just to survive um, and the same guy was telling me that if you drink too much on a Friday you won't do it on a Saturday and then uh, we'll say within a couple of weeks of him saying that to me, I had drank too much on a Friday and someone had handed me a sake bowl. So it's like a dog bowl. Okay, so that's the way the the boy from Dundalk, one of the guys I met over there, um, explained it to me. Just don't drink out of the fucking dog bowl now, lad. Make sure you stay away from that dog bowl. <laughs> 
and like he was a really he was a sound chap he was a, a sand or decorator or painter or whatever and he was fairly fairly good at his job and uh, Friday night and we had we'd gone to the Saki Bar Saki Bar after we'd gone to the Happy Hour somewhere and I turned around after two dog bowls or so and says yeah fucking enough of this thing on the way I had to go to fucking Manhattan in the morning for a uh, first job in the first job bending steel in the school as in conduit bending in the school so went off went, thought I got home didn't actually get home woke up in Brooklyn on his fucking step at 6 o'clock in the morning jumped back in the subway back to where I was supposed to get to Manhattan started looking for the place this is half 7 at this stage looking and looking and looking gets to half 9 still looking and looking half 10 Okay, about rings one now. Been looking here for three hours. Rang one of them. Rang the boss that was out to move me on. John was his name. Like obviously, never remember anything. But what am I getting out of there? He goes, "You're supposed to write down eighty sixth and fifth. What number did you write down?" I go, "Eighty ninth and fifth. There's no such fucking place as eighty ninth <laughs> and fifth. You'd be a long time looking." He goes, "You're wasting your time now. It's half ten to run at one. Good luck." Hangs up. And in that moment, I realised, oh, definitely an alcoholic now. (laughs) 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 I've been up nearly two days straight, and all I've had is drink, and I've got a bag of tools in my bag still, and I was about to do another day's work without eating or without getting revitalised. So um, that was a a definite sign. So I only lasted with that crew about a month because of me drinking. Um, Went from there to, like, back in the day, like, was power washing buildings in the Bronx, seven stories high. And I woke up after a couple of weeks of doing this. I woke up after a couple of weeks of doing it and I go, I'll never get out of this fucking place if I don't go now. If you don't go home to Ireland, like? I actually got up one morning and I was about to go into work and there was a couple of us going from the apartment. Like, you go, no, lads, I'm not going today. And they go, where are you at? And I go, going to fuck home. Going home to my dog, end of. My dog was actually in a pound in Navin. So he was, so. So two and a half months or three months after I started got back home again came home to my dog actually went out to the kennel and he was after giving him his own bed his own blanket his own food for two or three months like it was after I loved him at the time he was my brother the dog um, and he turns around or oh, you're one that was after been minding him or kenneling him he was in a concrete pen with no bedding um, and a bowl his bowl was chewed up as in he chewed up his bowl to shit um, he didn't fucking he didn't even act normal for a day or two after he got back like you know the way to go yeah, yeah, yeah. had the big dogs but uh, no um, I learned an awful lot over over the years but you can always learn more as in every day is a learning day and if you don't believe that you're a fucking mug to begin with no without a doubt brother and you seem to have learned as I said earlier fucking more than most and one thing that you said there about the, your, the way you kind of view people as being kind of sheep and kind of lions is that essentially what I be, do be harping on about about being about getting yourself off the lead like that that w- hmm. there's a lot of crossover there to me like a sheep in my opinion would be someone that is completely fluoridated and they don't know they're sheep oh yeah without um, by, doubt, by, yeah. by 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 me call, I'm not trying to insult anybody here like this is not uh, across the board insulting the world of Ireland like uh, what I'm trying to do is define the class of people that we have. Um, so, again, 
both of my parents were lions. Um, it didn't do me any good. But I only learned about them being lions in the past five or six years. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah, so, well, so you sorry, you've you've said what you think they are. What do you think you are? Oh, I'm not sure. I I was I was trained to be a lion, but no, I wasn't. I had too much of a conscience, and I cry about hurting someone. Do you know I would cry? Yeah, but this gets back to what we we mentioned about the distinction between a good lion and a bad lion, and mm. the fact that the, you know most lions well, like, are a bit of both. Again, I don't know what I am, uh, and I. If someone has a definition of you're a wanker, you're an asshole, whatever it is, I I don't mind. I, you can call me what I I don't whatever you want. I'm not really bothered. Yeah, it's but the, the, other people, like, as you said earlier, like how many people are in the world? There's seven billion people. Mm. So who gives a fuck what you know? Yeah, six point nine 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 billion. I don't give think. a fuck. And like so, um, my opinion. I only learned about lion and sheep, and the reason I'm using sheep as the analogy is it's actually Ian Brown ten or twelve years ago. Um, one of his songs was about lion and sheep. Okay. Um, but uh, as well as that, the councillor a couple of years ago made it very clear that there's lions and sheep in this world. And if you go into a lion's den and you don't have your guard up, you will get clawed to fuck. Yeah, well, if you walk in as a lamb. Yeah, yeah. Bleating yeah, so away I, and annoying like, people. Uh, right, I would have been a, I would have been a sheep. Eight, ten years ago, I definitely would have been a sheep. I'm not a fucking sheep now, though. Yeah. Um, I might be like a goat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too fucking sure, man. But there's fuck all mutton in me anyway. I know that much. You have a high opinion of yourself, Sean, anyway. <laughs> I might Man. be a goat. I might be a sheep. I might be a goat. I'm not an elephant, anyway. That's for fucking sure. Anyway, I'm not big enough to be an elephant. Um, but... Uh, Ah, I don't know. Um, but again, man, like the, the reason I call this whole thing that I'm doing off yeah, the please. lead is like it's like a, it's like a dog that's off the lead. Mm, a dog free. that's off the lead is free, fucking free. and fucking happy mm. and autonomous mm. and can do what he likes. And somebody who's on the lead is somebody who's dragged so, everywhere. And that's what that's how I conceptualize yeah, people. So, so yesterday I would have been a perfect example of me being. Acting like a lion and dragging my whole unit down, as in all my family. You've been a bad lion, basically. Been a, a terrible lion okay. yesterday. Absolute terrible, diabolical lion. I apologised twice or three times. Apologies aren't worth fuck all if you do it, though. Does that make sense? I wouldn't say that it was worth fuck all. Uh, no, but I, but I know, like, I know what you it mean. It shouldn't happen if you love them unconditionally, like you say you love them. You shouldn't ever hurt them. Yeah, but you have to appreciate that you're human as well. Yeah, as yeah, humans, yeah, we're yeah. flawed. Uh, yeah, we are flawed, and you have to make your peace with that. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Um, so yesterday was, I was having a bad one anyway, but I shouldn't be taking it out on my loved ones. So my wife actually turned around in the middle of it all and explained to me that I do take it out on her. And oh, undoubtedly. That yeah. hurt me fucking. That threw me upside down. Yeah, yeah. For at least five or six hours. Tears running down my fucking eyes. Yeah. And when I was looking at her, because I've. Like. Is she. No, I think she does know this deep down. She knows that. There's been so many times in my life. And I've had nothing in my pocket. And everything that I've had, as in made that week from Monday to Thursday, and was paid on a Thursday, she had got. Wasn't ever a question, Do you know. It was whatever I can get, you can have. Just okay. keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Please, just try and keep it going. And in that, maybe, maybe it's 
it's easier for her to point the finger then and say it's all your fault. Do you know? But like I'm She wasn't though, was she? she no, no, no. She was just making fault. it making it She was wasn't compounding, she was trying to point out that even though you think certain things are happening, this is actually happening at the same time. Okay. So if you're in that mood like you were earlier on, this actually happens as a direct response for that. And you make child number one feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. And I could see him yesterday. He'd, he'd actually look over at me sometimes to see what my expression was doing or what way I was sitting. Does that make sense? And he wasn't comfortable with me because he knew right well there were so many things niggling at me. Yeah. And that was actually, it was actually nerves to talk to you as well. The van blowing up, the printer that I've been trying to get for three months ago literally for two months can't get can't get from A to B because of COVID and Brexit <coughs> and these are all my new problems in my world um, my new problems in most people's worlds but because they're the only things that I have right now they're mountains yes do you know um, like I've I struggle I'm, I struggle daily um, with actually how I'm going to support three teenagers and two little ones, as well as me and my wife in the future. Yeah. As in, I want want to have a nice solid income that I don't have to worry about. But again, talking about it and doing that are two different things. Yeah, but you, you have to remember, the first thing that jumps to mind is that you're extremely well qualified. Yeah, but qualification does not dictate work. Qualification dictates a big number for the work, but it does not dictate that you will get the work. So True. my second name would ruin... Any qualification I have. You see, you, you've said this to me before and I've pulled oh, you up man, on it, it a stops, little bit. It stops, it stops, like, uh, it stops conversations. Right. As in, he's hurt a lot of people. Um, and ju- just for the benefit of people saying, your your dad was a big man in the electrical world. He was an electrical world. contractor for years, yeah. I would work for him. So my uncle also would have worked for him, worked for him for 28 years or something ridiculous. Tony Smith. Um, but you have to remember that there's lads who are in their mid-20s who have never heard of him. Oh, Jesus, yeah. You, but, you oh, know what Jesus, I mean? like but any of the top tiers of any of the managers or businesses in, we'll say, we'll say the likes of Navin, would never forget him. Does right. that make sense? As in... But either, you're not him. I know that. But I was always introduced as Andy Hosey's son. Right. That was, that was fucking... That went on for 15 years. Oh, there's Andy's son. As in, I was robbing tyres one day. I was in my tyres, three doors or four doors up from my own house. And me and Mulvey was at the time of robbing the tyres, right? And we had nearly out the fucking, out off the concrete, we'll say. One of the lads roars up, Oh, what the fuck you doing? And I kind of looked up fucking scared, not knowing what to do. Uh, I'm Andy's son. Ah, oh, that's all right. But, you know, it was like a... There was the big ball and the shouting. Then once you knew who it was, it was fine. Yeah, it's like that. That settled it. Like you know, that makes it okay. That's that's the way my mind worked then. Like if that makes sense. And um, so no, um, I would never. I've I've made the the mistake of actually asking a couple of lads for a few days' work and been insulted by the answers I've gotten. Yes, as in no, flat out no. Um, another one says. Uh, what did the other one say? Oh, I'll give you a ring back um, next week, maybe. 
Um, maybe next w- month. Worse than fucking no. <laughs> oh, well, I'm going on holidays for 10 days. Um, I'll just ring me number two here and I'll get back to you in five or 10 minutes. And then he rings. Yeah, you're after doing all his work. That's what you would have been told in the phone calls to his number. Yeah. You're after taking all his work, all his dad's work. You took it all. But the type of work that you're saying that your name stops you from getting is exactly the type of work that you don't want. Yeah, but see, that's the only thing that pays me in my mind, as in that type of work. That's the, that's what I was fastest at. That's what I was best at. But again, it's it's not for me now. And it was it's that cold realization that it's not for me anymore. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in that system of chasing to make more to pay X, Y, and Z. It's it's not about that now. It's just about understanding that I can change direction completely now from where I was to where I am. Oh yeah, without a doubt. But um, again, sorry to cut across you, but you could. You, you listened to my and Archie's chat there the other day. Yeah, half it. Archie. Um, is off the tools, as the saying goes. Yeah. Surely there's an off the tools version of what you do. Ah, oh, there is, yeah. But and none it, of them lads that are off the tools now want me to be off the tools beside them. Okay. They want to push me into the ground and say, yeah, I fucking destroyed Johnny Ozzy. But again, how much of that is in your head? I, you know, know, again, I don't man. know, obviously. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. All right, so we say one guy that used to work for Dad was in the crowd, in a crowd in Facebook, um, in one of the Facebook data centres, watching me do 12 tails on a joint box, or 12 cables with three tails per per cable. Okay, on a do, joint again, box. sorry to cut across you, but I don't yeah. want to lose you in the story of the work. Yeah. Because I feel I might have done that once or twice. Okay. So, what am I trying to say? I don't want to lose you because what's happened before is we're in the middle of talking about something and yep. then you start talking about the job yep. and 15 minutes goes by and I lose the direction. The, yeah, where yeah. we started from. I just, I'm conscious so, of that happening again right, here. So um, basically he was a, a QA with a quality assurance with, with Mercury. I was a subby working for Mercury. I was given drawings and I said to the foreman when he handed me the drawings, I can't do that. The numbers don't match up. And he goes, I'll oh, just do it. It's like, yeah, no, dude, you're not fucking hearing me. Like, the numbers don't match up. If the numbers don't match up, you can't wire it right. You know, you're you're pissing against the wind. I'll just fucking do it. Right, no bother. And then take a picture of it and bring it back down to me. Okay, no problem. So take a picture of it, bring it back down to him. Ah, no, um, go back up there and put tie wraps on it. Went back up, put tire up, so back down. Uh, is that good enough? Uh, yeah, one of the Mercury guys is after reporting you. And I go, you told me to do it. You're the foreman. He goes, ah, oh, you're after being reported anyway. You did it. And I go, all right, no better. So I, the man that, that reported me doing that joint box that were the wrong numbers that the foreman had told me to do also used to work for my dad. Coincidinky? I don't know. But anyway, bottom line was... Same guy that was my foreman, then within three or four days, says, Ah, oh, no, I've got another job for you to go to. And they go, How'd you end up picking me? And he goes, uh, Last one in, first one out. This is a fucking 25 year old telling a 29 year old man, Last one in, first one out. Yeah, yeah. He's like, Fuck you, you little shit. That's, that's what was going on in my head, like, you know. Yeah. So I went off to the next one anyway. 
did a couple of months there, and that's when I then that's when I was I was given to Wexford, or you got nothing. So that was two or three months after that fact. Right. And like I wouldn't, I didn't mind working for the other guy because I I had known him previously to working for him. If that makes sense, I would have bought materials off his brother. Okay, that would have worked for Fitzpatrick's electrical and nothing. But anyway, bottom line was, um, <clears throat> I probably am making bigger things in my head, but I had that asshole, or sorry, that lion, shouts, fucking facade on on me for twelve or. 12 or 13 years of me working career as well and I know that I know that's what I what I was shown to do yes that's what I was I was shown this is the right way do you know and once once you do that it'll be it's very hard to do it any other way once you've done it like that for a while do you know is it, oh yeah you're re, that, that's you're what you know nearly yeah um, so you'll slip really fast into bad habits with it but again um, I I I'm I'm at the point now where I know that I'm not going to be a money maker for any other companies because okay. I don't have that sort of drive or want in me anymore. And um, whereas I did have it pre fucking stroke or even just after the stroke. Come on, do that little bit of work. Get the two and a half. Do you know what I mean? It was like yeah, yeah. It, I had that I had that want or drive. Whereas now it's like, all right, well I can't afford that this week. Okay, maybe next month. You've mellowed out with age as well, I think. About have you? Yeah, but it's only with kids, though. As in, you have to. The more kids you have, the more patience you have. You need the more patience you need. You need. <laughs> and if you don't don't have patience, by God, you'd be an alcoholic or a fucking I don't know, a, an addict in no time. Um, it's the pressure of it. Yeah, uh, is phenomenal. Like I, I'm coming from an only child perspective to five children like you know yes. <laughs> like my wife had five or six siblings so she understands it and loves the dynamics of it but uh, I'm like whoa there's <laughs> 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 just something to where I walk into a room and I'm like whoa <laughs> not, not much more you can say like you know but look you wouldn't fucking have it on your way no would you? I wouldn't change anything I wouldn't change anything or anyone in my world right now nothing I would change absolutely nothing no, I'm glad um, to hear we, you say that now we, I struggled a lot just trying to get to this moment now you'll yeah. see even um, and I'm happy that I have I have what I have uh, I'm happy that I don't have what I what I thought I wanted years ago does that make sense yeah your priorities have changed oh completely like um, I had it in my head even fucking last year, that I wanted to be the manager of a Tesla garage. Ah, nothing further from the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough, I might like driving a Tesla every now and again, um, going for a spin. To, to but it runs, it runs contrary to your soul, though. Yeah, that's what it, But that's... It's kind of like the idea of working for Elon, Elon Musk and then actually working for him. Yes. Two different things. Oh, very much so, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, it's enjoying the... The knowledge that he thinks he's the only one that can, you know, twist things to what he's doing, as in, as in his AI technology. That's fucking. It's so far ahead of itself. Like, so he's talking about like drilling a twenty mil hole in someone's brain, putting in this tiny little twenty mil neuralink, and we'll never have to have a conversation again. In this is in fifteen years' time now, or something. But it'll, it can also be wired into parts of your brain that people 
that have um, what's it called skeletal dystrophy or something fuck I don't know like, um, there's a involuntary really muscle bad, movement like yeah there's a really bad uh, neurological disease that basically stops your your muscles from developing anymore okay um, and basically within the first time he figures this out he can extinguish this disease completely oh yeah like it's completely fucking like it's absolutely mind breaking like you know that's, that's like giving someone a new lease on life without any of the side effects like yeah. you know as in cancer patients will always suffer from extra fluid or will always suffer from from getting the chemotherapy treatments that they got as in their, their bodies will never heal properly after Do you know as in this is just the way it's set up as in for cancer treatment whereas you going from losing losing the workings of your leg or losing working limbs to being able to rebuild your limbs and rebuild your 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 uh, your body to 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 be able to walk and and do again well like your your brain is essentially what controls everything, everything. Yeah. so if you can hack the brain you can control yeah. everything. everything but it's um, no brilliant uh, brilliant and also quite disturbing at the same oh, time. Oh, and, and dystopian. I mean, what, what you said there about, you know, in the future, about us not needing to talk to each other, that we our thoughts can mm. do it. Like, that, that's one way of looking at it, granted. But you won't have me on the phone for any more than 30 seconds because mm. I hate talking to people on the phone. Mm. So for somebody like me to do the whole thought thing, that's like, that, that's never going to happen to me. I'm not going to want <laughs> any part of that. Like, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, you're ringing, uh, hello? Yeah. Why are you ringing me? <laughs> it needs to be immediate. I refuse to do it. And that's why I don't do Skype calls and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because there's something is lost. You need the person in front of you. You need to be in the same fucking room. To have the conversation, to feel what what emotions they're feeling about the situation. Exactly, yeah. in, There's no... Right, dehumanised would be what I would call a couple of societies now. So in... Kensington in London, for example, I worked down in 2015. I could walk down the street past two or three hundred people, say hello to every single one of them. <laughs> Guaranteed you, you're not s- one of them will have the balls to look at you and say, you're All right, a, mate. An Irishman abroad there, that like, that, that's an Irish thing, I think. No, or it's, it's maybe it's, not an it's Irish a thing, human but it's a, thing. It's, it's a, a human, thing. it's a feeling thing. It's a what's this story, brother? Like, it's that sort of thing. Like, you know, I said, How are we now? You know, I said. Are we good? If we ain't good, we have to talk about it. You know, as, it, as in, the conversations can't happen on, unless we can do that. Yeah. Unless we can come from, from nowhere to somewhere. You know, and you can never come from nowhere to somewhere across a phone. You know, you can't. Yeah. It's all over hard, text. At least. You can't say, I love you so much in a text, and they can feel it on the other end. You can say, I love you so much, and give you, give someone a hug. Oh. Blow a kiss, and you might get a little smile. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah, no, yeah. there's no. It's completely dehumanising what what the COVID regulations state. So it's a means to an end, though. Like the, the reason that we have to socially distance, and the reason that we have to endure all this pain is that, well, in theory at least, is so that we don't have to endure it forever. That we kind of get through it as best we can. Mm, it's going to be here forever, though. I wouldn't be surprised. So, if, like I said, it's going to be here, mm, it's going to be here forever, and you said, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. So, are we supposed to be dehumanised forever? No, but we can limit like, its I'm missing, I'm missing, I hug my wife fucking all the time, or I hug people I love, I hug my children every day. Yeah. And I say, I love you, son, or I love you, daughter. And I make a point 
to 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 go that extra mile. No no intoxicants whatsoever. This is just love you, daughter. Love you, son. Can't wait to see you tomorrow morning. Good night. Hmm. Love you. Whereas my dad actually said it to me there a couple of months ago. He goes, I can't give anybody a hug anymore. That's all I ever did for my people. Like, you know, that's how I felt. You know, he gave them a hug. So he, he can't go to the pub. <laughs> He's an alcoholic. Like, he can't go to the pub. Can't give someone a hug. <laughs> can't use a, a smartphone because, again... He's old, whatever. Yeah, it's the technology that wasn't built for him. Yeah, he's not Zoom calling his friends. Yeah. And can only watch what's on the TV. Yes. So, like, it's completely dehumanising. Oh, no, without doubt, agreed. Completely, totally not. But he doesn't even know that it's dehumanising because he can't hear this conversation, for example. Yes. Do you know what I mean? But, again, if I was to explain, I'm going out to talk to one of my buddies that I went to school with. In the back of the van. About life. (laughs) And live and enjoy myself and, and, and speak what what I have in my mind and speak what I, I believe in. You're going to say, why the fuck would you do that? Do you know? Yeah, in, be a man and have that a That doesn't points. make any money. Like, that's his thought process. <laughs> yeah, why yeah, the fuck yeah. are you doing? That's not making you any money. You know, but again, that's his gods. He was, his gods are turning over money and going out to the pub and having his few pints. That's his thing. Like, you know, that's his way of life. I often remember walking into a pub when I was 10 years of age with a dog and trying to find them as in I'd be at everybody's elbows. Yes. And I'd be looking up trying to find my parents like, you know, and then I'd find them and then they'd just have to sit in the corner for two or three hours until they were done and then we'd go home for lunch on a Sunday or whatever it was. But their memories don't go. They're yeah. always there like, you know, as in on the Sunday that's what came first, pub. Well, look, your kids won't grow up with any of those. Yeah, I know that. Like, you know, I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to hold on to that. I'm. I'm like, it's part of me though. To to not acknowledge that is not acknowledging me. Does oh no, I, I don't. I don't mean to. I don't mean to imply that you should bury that in oh, the least. Yeah. But I'm just, I suppose, trying to remind you that you grew up with that, <coughs> but your fucking kids won't. Oh, I know that. So I'd be. I'd be awful afraid. I'm always awful afraid. That I'm going to the hereditary thing about it is going to leave them doing the same things that I did. Do you know to try and find what I found? Do you know? Yeah. And that's that's what my, where my nerves to be adding. Every time I I kind of go there, I'm like, oh fuck, that it's just so scary. Do you know? Um, knowing like the situations I've been in, like, and I've walked away from. Fucking hell, like, like there's once I remember I was telling, talking to you earlier on about putting up lights and five or six indoor football pitches really high in the air. Yeah, yeah. once it was up on on up in that height, twenty eight foot in the air, with no harness on, dying of a hangover, and I lost my balance on top of a scaffold. It wasn't a scaffold isn't like a lifter, so a scaffold doesn't have this big barrier the whole way around. It's it's only as high as you build it. So if you don't have enough scaffold to build it up higher than your waist, you don't have anything up that high. Yeah, right? yeah. And if you fall, you're fucked. Nobody can, nobody can uh Yeah, from that height, you. it's ball burst game over. Head, head gone. Um, I was wearing snickers, and I stumbled backwards, tripped over a bit of cable on the back of my right heel. And as I stumbled backwards, as I tripped over the bit of cable on my right heel, I tried to pull my right foot higher. And in that... All my left, all my weight was on my left foot. Pushed me to the right, 
there was like a fucking a lump of steel for the corner of the scaffolds here and the pocket was here and I stumbled towards the this lump of steel thinking I might be lucky and this is me on the way down like I, yeah, yeah. I had no control like hang, hang over and all and my pocket caught in the corner of the aluminium and the upright of the scaffold yeah and I spun round and it's still 28 foot in the air off the scaffold platform now and I'm out on the outside of the scaffold yeah nothing beneath hanging you. by the pocket and I don't know how I managed to fucking get out of that one but I got out of that one anyway and survived and <laughs> enjoyed it then another one was they hired between 2005 and 2011 they hired fucking 150 or 200 um, Eastern Europeans because they all started coming in at the same time so all the the lads that were working in this big factory were all Eastern Europeans and all the the forklifts were all electric and going in reverse everywhere because they had big fucking loads of insulation on the front of them so uh I was putting up the dearest camera I'd ever held in my life. 5,000 euro this camera was worth. <laughs> Going up in the air. Up 28 foot in the air. And I put a big pole up really high. And then dropped the the pole down. And then put the camera on the end of the pole. And I was just fixing the camera onto the pole. And one of the lads drives around. And I was watching him. And because I was looking like this. And I was on a, a, sc- or on a lifter this time. And it was like this. And he drives around here. Drives around doesn't see me, straight into it. Hits it. And when I say it did that, there's no, uh, no under, no, it's not an underestimation. Like It wobbled and two of the wheels would have lifted. And it scared the fuck out of me. And even though I had a, a harness on me, it didn't matter a fuck. If that had it toppled, I was harnessed to it. Yeah, yeah, you were so worse I, off with the harness. I was like. worse, exactly, because I was going to get dropped with it and then I was going to ricochet back up to it and then drop back again, like, you yeah. know? And that in itself, he turns around after he does it and says, Sorry! It <laughs> 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 just felt like saying, like, like, they wouldn't have understood me, but do you not care about humans anymore, lads? <laughs> are we not all fucking humans in Ireland? Or are you foreign nationals the only humans in Ireland? Um, but no, waste me time. Um, I'm not racist by any ma- way, shape or means, like, you know, but it is what it is, like, you know. Um, I don't mind foreign nationals. I don't know them. Don't. I, I do have a Polish mechanic, like, so. A Polish what? Mechanic. Right. So I've had him for three or four years. He's looked after everything for me, but nice guy. Works hard, but takes everything personally. So, okay. So it's it's tough watching him take things personally about clients that don't give a fuck about him, but he yeah. gives a fuck about his clients. He just sounds like a decent guy. He is a decent guy, yeah, but yeah. it's very hard. It's very hard to watch him or to, to be friends with him when he's always suffering. Do you know? And he's suffering because he's not letting go of his clients. Is there a bit of a mirror there with you? Are you a bit like I'd that? I let go of the clients. Right. Oh, fuck, I need them. I'm honestly, glad to hear you say that anyway. Uh, no, but like, honestly, uh, I, like you're you're not, in my opinion, you wouldn't be a client. You'd be more of a, a friend or a like-minded individual than a client. So, yes. No, I, I've never really... I actually did miss it years ago, but I would have missed it for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? I, I, as in, I would have missed... Being able to bounce stuff off them 
to figure out if it was on the right track or the wrong track. Yeah, well, that's just, you, you're missing working with people. Yeah, I'd say in so. In general, like I, I'm missing that shocking. Like even the the couple of times you've come out of lockdown and the business is back up and running, it's just been me by myself. It's a fucking long old day. It's lonely, like fucking right. It's lonely, yeah, like. big time. But uh, no, I don't want to do it the way I've done it in the past. Anyway, you, you don't have to, and you you won't though. Yeah, yeah, I I'll agree with you on that one. But again, I don't want to. I don't want to step in the wrong direction and then have to backtrack again to start again. Does that make sense? I want yeah. to I want to say, yeah, going to do that. That's why I'm going to do that. And that's that, that'll be me for five or six years. And then that'll be me done. Does that make sense? But that's only, that's, that's me finding something that somebody needs me for five or six years. Yeah. This, there's not five or six years of many things from <laughs> no there's, there's not but I mean if you if you look at my own situation like my background was sales and business development mm. I did that for fucking 15 years and now I sell microgreens mm. do you know kind of way and mm. it was a but big, you a explained big, that to me as well you didn't don't have to sell them they sell themselves well there was an existing market mm. for them which I piggybacked um, sorry you piggybacked well, yeah, I jumped in. Like, yeah. I didn't reinvent the wheel. No, no. Um, but the reason that I'm even mentioning any of this to you is like, my background as in sales and business development 100% stood behind me yeah. in, in what I'm doing now. Mm. And I don't see why that wouldn't apply to you. Like your knowledge of electrical systems and electricity generally. Like who the fuck knows? You could end up buying and selling 3D fucking printers because that's your, your kind of hobby thing. Or There's 101 yeah. different things you could fucking do. It's I'm not really bothered either though. I, I've... The five kids around me now, so I'm I'm more so focused on being a good dad to them and being the best dad I can to them. So that's kind of like a full time job in itself. And if you don't take that as a full time job, you're you're failing yourself and you're failing your kids. No, without a doubt, man. Um, so I know that. As in, I wasn't around long enough for my first son. I was at work too much, and I'm not saying he's soft, he's strong, but he feels. Does that make sense? As in, yeah. he feels. He feels twice as much as my eight-year-old. Right. As in my 11, 12-year-old will be in tears three minutes before the eight-year-old will be in tears. Yeah. That's yeah. only down to the personality of the people. Yeah. As in me and my eight-year-old are we're very strong and similar. As in he sees me pushing on and doing something. He's like, right, Dad, I'm helping. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. it's not even helping. Like, he's just doing what I'm doing. Like, yes, you know? of course. Whereas Calvin will come along and be like, Okay, what do you want me to do, Dad? Whatever the fuck you want, son. Don't <laughs> <laughs> like, fucking dance in a tree for all I care. Like you know, <laughs> if you want to, if you want to do a bit of work, though, I, I'm doing this digging here, so you can dig that up, and then you can move the soil there, and then we can put down cardboard. But then we're putting in the soil down after, and then he'd start doing it, as in moving the soil a little tiny bit and putting in a bit of cardboard, and then moving soil over the cardboard. So he feels like he's achieving something, but yeah. he's he's not he's not like you know enough filling the shovel, yes. emptying the shovel, moving forward. What he's doing is filling his time, do you know, waiting for the boredom to set in to say I'm done, I'm gone, do yeah, you know, yeah. and then that's okay too. Like you know, I know what it is, like you know, and like he's going to come to a point where he's going to he's going to say, Jesus, I wish I stayed with them two there for a little bit longer. One day when he's somewhere else. And then he'll come back and he'll say that to somebody, as in to Dara or to me or, or Siobhan or somebody. Then we'll all talk about it. That's the whole point of this. Like, as in, the whole point of this life is understanding where our loved ones are 
where they need to be and where they want to be is and if I can't give him what he needs to be a better human than I am I'm failing as a human you know and and that's that's something I don't want to die with that when it's on my conscience does that make sense yeah, I don't think I don't think it needs to be I don't think it should be on your conscience I think no but it, great, as man. in I don't want to feel like that I've like there's been so many situations where I've been guilted into doing something okay by by somebody that says they love me but they don't show the love yes like the saying and doing yeah, and, yeah words are cheap yeah and uh, I never want my son to feel that I never ever ever want him to feel guilted into having to do it I want him to understand that he's his person for him and if he chooses to do something he's doing it his bad to help that person he's not doing it for them he's doing it for him to help that person to make himself feel good that's what he's doing it for and it's not for a monetary value. I, I actually learned something recently as well there. I don't know if it's true or not true, but I'll, I'll try it out. You never ask for money. That's one rule of business. Just don't ask for the money. How do you mean you don't ask for money? As in when you have to be paid between two grand or five grand or whatever it is, and the job is finished, you never ask for the money. It's okay, what, what's what the logic said. behind that? The person that has to pay you will actually feel more inclined to want to pay you faster if you don't harass them for the money. Ooh, yeah, I don't know if I'd agree with that one. This is this is what I've heard, as in, I have to test it out, as in, well, look, will it, it work it, that it, way? Look, it, it could be, it's, it's more than likely true in certain circumstances. Mm. But I know for an absolute verifiable fact that a lot of businesses' policy in relation to paying is they don't pay until you've asked three times. Like, that's... That's okay. that's in the rule book. It's like on day one, wow. they're t- they're they're accounts people, <coughs> the people who ring up and chase money. Mm. You don't pay anyone until the third time they've asked. End of story. Wow, and that's just standard practice in a lot of businesses. So fucking be careful with with yeah, yeah. With, with that. Like, yeah. um, for for me in in relation to getting paid before you agree to do the job, you uh, explain in black and white terms what's going to happen so I start the job on Monday I finish it on Wednesday I'm going to bill you on Thursday and I'm going to be ringing you on Monday For wondering why I haven't been paid yeah. if I haven't been paid Yeah. so you tell them ahead of time when you're going to ask them for it because fuck man even me like I try well, I don't try I do I pay everybody on time mm. without exception but there has been times that someone slipped through the cracks for whatever reason and if they don't go fucking asking for it they ain't getting it do you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm out, man. I have to go for a pee again. Brother, it's been fucking just over the four hours, Mark. Pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, brother. It fucking has too, brother. Yeah, pleasure. Brother, fist bump through the perspex. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs>